Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me. I am Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And I am Arnold. Oh, no. Oh, baby. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Arnold's back. Ah, oh, <laughs> And this is the show where two friends, or I guess this week three, go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other and find out which one is truly the best. This week, we don't have a very ice time. Excuse me? No, no, no. Let me do it. We have a very ice time as we discuss my magnum opus, Batman and Robin. Well, how are you, pal? I'm doing good. It's Arnold. He's here. You know, look at him. You see him sitting here. I'm doing good. How are you, my I'm friend? I'm very well. How are uh, you? I'm doing good. Arnold, how are you? I'm doing so, so good. Boys, <laughs> I'm back, baby. He said you'd be back. He said you'd be back. Oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, um, man. I can't wait to induct somebody into the multi-franchise Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. Is that happening today? Oh, my God. Right, guy. Am I being inducted today? It's your time, Arnold. Oh, my God. Do you guys have, like, a plaque or something? It's in the mail. It's in the mail. Okay. I mean, I'm here. It would have been nice. Your napkin's in the mail. All right. Fine. I'll wait. <laughs> well, um, yeah, good to have him here. Yeah. Good to have yeah. you here, Arnold. It's uh, good to see you, my friend. How are you doing? I well, Look, I'm well. I'm very well. Um, I'm very excited. Arnold, why don't you go wait in the corner? Yeah. And, okay. and well, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get to you. you. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. We have, we have other things to do. Boy, that guy's got a lot of energy, huh? He is, <laughs> he is pumped. Before I came in here, he would not shut up about his documentary, and I'm sure he's going to want to say something... <laughs> Uh, a little bit later on that, but <laughs> uh, Fubar, Fubar. Yeah, I don't oh want to say too loud. I yeah, don't want to say but... too loud. He's going to oh. come running over here, and don't mention that slide documentary either. <laughs> I'm a little upset about that one, <laughs> but uh, we're here to discuss yeah. Batman and Robin. Yep. I also want to point out episode ninety nine. This is yes. Next week is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Next week is a big one. Yeah. Um, it's almost time. It's almost. <laughs> <laughs> That's really ominous. It's almost time, my friend. Well, well, <laughs> it's like the blood moon's coming. It's almost time. I had originally calculated up the numbers. <laughs> you changed the movie episodes. like three times. And I heard the first one I got was Batman and Robin. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, you literally texted me and you said, it's Batman and Robin. And I said, oh God. And then you did it again. And you texted me and said, actually, I think it's Batman Begins. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, that's really awesome. Hey, and then you texted me again and said, actually, it's I'm Batman. I've messed up twice. Yeah. It's Mask of the Phantasm. Phantasm. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think That's Mask a good one. That's a good one. really good. Yeah, I, and I'm okay with that. We have other um, plans. We'll talk about that later. We we'll talk about that later. Maybe at the end of the episode yeah. we can go over it. Because uh, we got to discuss this crappy movie. Yeah. Um, but look, uh, we have a movie to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, look, I'm just going to say it. You think this movie's a masterpiece, right? Of course. No, no, no. <laughs> no. No. Um, That's not the text I got. I, I seem a, to think... Uh, I have a lot to talk about with this movie. <laughs> um, I've been looking forward to this movie. Very, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. I'm going to throw this out right now. Okay. Okay. I yes. think this is, this is a bad movie. Obviously. It's, a, it's not shocking for me yes. that it's a bad movie. Yes. And I'm not even in the camp... I'm not even necessarily in the camp of like, oh, but it's so good because it's so bad. It's not even that. Yeah. It's, it's a... Look, we all know it. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. But one of the things that I wanted to kind of highlight is this movie's been around... For 26 years. Yes. This is 26 years of this. Over two decades of this That's movie. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah. People have talked about this movie and analyzed this movie and broken this movie down. Endlessly. Endlessly. And mm-hmm. all the jokes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, bad nipples in the suit? Oh, Arnold does nothing yeah. but make ice puns. I do more than uh, that. 
Cody's like, a terrible Batman. Like, everybody said it. So I want this episode, and I do think it will be, uh-huh. to be more than that. Right? And obviously those things we have to talk about. Yes. We have to highlight those things. Yes. But there's more to this movie than just that. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by this movie. And I... Look, I, no, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. Yeah, I'm going to say this. I don't want to go on a little bit of a tangent. Go for it. I, I, I think it's, it's an awful, it's an awful ma- movie. It really is. But when I watched it, I texted you mm-hmm. a text, and I texted you a text. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, before I get into what That's I said, how it works. before I get into yes. what I said, I, uh, I want to say this. I had been thinking. I haven't told you this. I and I'm not going to do it. That's why I didn't say anything to you. But I had been thinking for a little bit of like if I wanted to introduce like my own little segment on this where like I tried to bring like a not necessarily a hot take, sure. but like a and this was not just for this movie, this would have been in general. Yeah. Like every episode. Like not a hot take, but like like a blunt opinion, I feel like, sure, about sure. like a movie because uh-huh. in the recent weeks I've been kind of dropping these <laughs> blunt opinions to you off microphone. Yes. Yes. About movies, yes. like when we did the Avengers, and we mentioned this on the Avengers episode, like <laughs> just casually, like we're talking before we're even doing. I'm just like, it's a cheap looking movie. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you know, or like, you know, the Flash. We, uh-huh. we both saw the Flash, yes. And we came together. We got together to record. We didn't see it together. Yeah. We got together to record, and you're uh-huh. like, what do you think of the Flash? And I liked the movie, but before I even said anything, I just went, man, that's an ugly. Movie. Yes. Yes. And you're like, what the hell? Like yeah. dropping these movies that I like. Yeah. But like highlighting a little bit more of a blunt opinion about something that might like not maybe not one, maybe a negative thing that stands out. Or or positive, or a positive. In, a, in a negative yeah. movie, right? Like the opposite of what might be my overall opinion, right? Like yes. as I said, oh Avengers is a cheap looking movie. I love Avengers. Yes. I said, Oh, Flash is an ugly movie. I like I, liked I liked the movie. Yeah. Right? And so I was kind of went into this movie looking for, and I'm not going to do that because it's too hard. Right. I don't want it to feel forced. If something naturally comes to me, I'm like drop those in. Sure, but I don't want to have to force that every week. You don't and need I, a segment. No, because think, then that's going to think of something. Yeah, every and then week. that's yeah. going to be that's not natural and it's not as funny. Exactly. It's not as effective. Yeah. But when I watch this movie, mm-hmm. I legit, you know, I'm, I was 30 minutes into this movie. I watched it on my lunch break. I started it and I texted you and I said, I'm about 30 minutes into this movie. Yeah. I said, I think Joel Schumacher might be a genius. And what I mean is, I'm not saying this movie is good. I'm really not even in the camp of like, but it's like secretly a good movie. No, it's a a bad movie. But man, do I respect Joel Schumacher. He goes for it. Because this is a man. Uh We we talked about this a little bit with Batman Forever. Yes. That the studio told them. Like, he tried to elevate Batman Forever. He tried to make it this psychoanalysis Mm -hmm. on Batman, the Mm -hmm. character, Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And they said... We don't care. Yes. We don't give a Yeah. Make a movie that's going to sell toys. We don't care how good the movie is, how bad the movie is. We don't care. Mm -hmm. It's Batman. People are going to see Batman. We want kids to buy toys. And when a studio tells you that, that they don't care about their movie, how does that make a director feel? So what does this guy do? He goes and makes this extremely over-the-top Big budget, in your face, neon blinded homage to the 60s show, yeah. to like pulp culture in mm-hmm. general, like this, like, or like just this, like, flamboyant, you know, like yeah. campy, like culture in general, mm-hmm. and just swings for the fences. Yes. And does 
what I imagine, I don't know Joel Schumacher. Obviously, he's passed away. Yeah. I don't know him. I never met him. I never will meet him. But what I imagine is the movie that he kind of wanted to see or or what is kind of in his head because he seemed like he was a little bit of a flamboyant director himself. Yes. He was on, you know, I've seen clips of him on the sets of Forever and, and Batman yes. and Robin with like a megaphone and not like an electric megaphone, yeah. like a, a cone, cone, a cone yep. megaphone. Bigger, louder, yeah. a cartoon, like, and just the fact that, like, you, like, the, the the phrase that I kept saying in my head, yeah, you don't make this movie on accident. Yes, this and, is on purpose. And there's almost a beauty in that to me. Yes, in, with this movie, and it's something like I almost compare. It's almost the opposite mm-hmm. of the room. I was talking to Tony about this because Tony's a big fan of the room. The room, if you're not aware of it. Is considered possibly the worst movie ever made. Absolutely. Tommy Wiseau was this guy who thought he was a, a genius, an artistic genius, and he threw everything he had into a movie. Yes. He literally thought it was going to be nominated for Academy Awards. He yep. thought he was going to win an Oscar. Yep. And it's absolute garbage fire. Yep. And now he plays it off like it was intentional. It was right. his comedy. The story changed. No. no. He, he accidentally, mistakenly made... This awful, awful movie. Yes. And that's the beauty of The Room is that it was a mistake. It was yes. an accident, right? That's the comedy of it. But the beauty of this is that this is completely intentional. Yes. You don't walk onto a $100 million plus superhero Batman movie set yeah. and accidentally walk out with what we made. Yes. There was a vision here. Yes. And Joel Schumacher was like, you don't care about this movie? Then I'm going to do my vision. Yes. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And I kind of respect that. It's not a good movie. I'm not going to say that. But I, one, I enjoyed myself because it's, I'm just like, what the hell is happening? Right. Half the time. But like, it is just the fact that this movie exists. Yes. Like, people make fun of, I don't think people like really break this movie down and be like, the fact that a Batman movie like this exists from 97 is fascinating. fascinating. Okay. I'm going to cut you off here. Yeah. That's a great tangent. I do agree with you on the fascinating front. I I do think this movie is fascinating to watch. Yeah. I, I completely 100% agree with you. Every time I <laughs> every time I watch it, I walk away and go, it, it is fascinating because yeah. it, it, it is. And I, I kind of agree with what you're saying in that it is this beautiful disaster yeah. in a way. And that this is not accidental. This is on purpose. Yeah. Joel Schumacher walked in. And he did have a vision. He had a vision for what he wanted. and It's not a good vision. I, it's not a good but vision. But he had a vision. And, I, and as I was doing the research for this movie, I think that's going to kind of back up your claims as well. Um, when we get to fun facts, it kind of uh, you're going to see that that's the case. I think he did walk in pretty much like carte blanche. And they basically told him, WB said... We don't care. We want to sell toys. Yeah. That was the point of this movie was to sell toys. That's why... You get all the vehicles, the bat vehicles that look really fun. That's, that's why, why everything's get, colorful. That's why everything's yeah. colorful and neon drenched. That's why you get all of this. That's why the costumes are elaborate. That's why there's bat nipples. That's yeah. why there's this. That's why there's that. You can go on and on and on about why there's this and that in this movie. It was for toy purposes. Yes. They wanted to sell toys. That's why there's all these different and outfits and ver- different versions outfits of the suits. And versions and all this different stuff. It, it's just like recycling through things in this movie like it's nothing. I think Joel Schumacher, you're right. I think he walked into this and said, 
then I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah. Because you clearly you didn't res- you you didn't respect the vision that I was going for in Batman Forever. So I'll just make the big cash grab toy movie yeah. you want, and I'm just going to go big. And this is quite literally Joel Schumacher completely unchained. Yeah. He had complete creative control and could do whatever he wants. Like at the end of the day, you're right. Not a good vision. It may not have been a good vision. I haven't seen all of Joel Schumacher's movies. I haven't either, no. But I think Batman and Robin is probably the closest thing we will ever... Like, you can look at Batman and Robin and go, that is Joel Schumacher, the person, as well. From the interviews I've seen and stuff, yeah. It's literally, like, this is him, the person. Like, we might not love it. It might be too crazy, too big, over the top, but... You can see Joel Schumacher on that screen because that is him fully unabashed without any creative light, without nobody told him to do anything. He got to do whatever he wanted and he turned it in and WB, they were like, okay, great. And they just put it in theaters. They didn't care about the critic response because they had three, like, well-received, well, forever wasn't. Successful. They had had three successful Batman movies under their belt. So what are they going to do? Of course they're just going to put it out. And they're like, okay, you got Clooney. That's fun. Schwarzenegger's attached. He's a star at this point. Please. <laughs> trying to quiet him down back there. He wants to speak. I want to. No. Stop. Um, later. <laughs> but you're right. Joel Schumacher had a vision. And it is a beautiful disaster. And it may not have been a good vision. But I do agree that, with you. I do agree with you on that, that front. Even like the thing about the rotating Batman actors. That's how little they care. Yeah. You think Christopher Nolan in the middle... Of his, like, I, I know he replaced Katie Holmes with Maggie Gyllenhaal, right? But yeah. do you think in the middle of the Dark Knight trilogy, no one would have been like, ah, okay, Bale's dude. out and now we're going to bring in, you know, um, you know, somebody else? Like, do you think he's, yeah. we're going to bring Jake Gyllenhaal? Do you think he's going to do that? No, because like, he's he's making a gritty drama. Uh, nobody like, notices or cares if Rachel is going to die in this movie anyway, right. is replaced. But, like, he's not going to replace Batman himself. But they didn't care. Yeah. They, Back then, they didn't care. In 1997, it did not matter. That's why, at that point, in, these, in this run of movies, that's why this is the third Batman iteration. Um, and it was grab whoever's popular. Grab whoever's oh, popular. Oh, people like George Clooney on ER. He's trying to become a movie star. Let's, Let's make him. him Batman. Let's make him Batman. He's Batman now. And that's what it is. And, man, it is just really, really fascinating to look at this movie. Because, you're right, I look, I... I've been saying it for weeks. I don't care for this movie. I don't think this is a great Batman movie by no, any means. It's no. a silly, ridiculous, over-the-top movie. And yes, it is an homage to the 60s show, for sure. But I think maybe the worst parts of it... Did you enjoy your watch? Like, Do you get any enjoyment out of this? I do a it... little bit. I do a little bit. Uh, believe it or not, I I do like Arnold in this movie. Uh, oh I yeah, I, like I think Arnold... I knew it! I knew you liked me! I think he's the only... Arnold, I think you're the only I... one in this movie that knows what you're doing. Thank you very much. <laughs> that Clooney guy, he had no idea. I had a hell of a I time. Think, I do... I get... I get enjoyment out of this movie. I can't sit here and say I don't. I get enjoyment out of it. I think, I I, I do think Arnold's great, but I also really like the Alfred story in this. I, I do yeah. think there, it, it's really there's touching. more than I remember. There's yeah. more than you remember. He's not just he he. I, I thought I was. I remember early on you you yeah. had said, oh, he gets less to do. Or go. This is probably one of the movies he has more to do. Yeah. And I think there's a really nice story in there with Alfred. Some really fascinating stuff. I'm gonna be 100 percent with you. I think uh, Clooney as Batman. Uh, sucks, but like I will say, Clooney was there with I, him, with Michael Goff in those moments. I don't I was think like, 
This is strong stuff. Look, I don't think Clooney as Batman is a bad choice. Yeah. Like, look, I, I think want... he's a much better Bruce Wayne than he is a Batman. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. But even, even as, I think he could be, I think he'd be great in a Batman Beyond situation as yeah. an older Bruce Wayne. Agreed. Like, I really think. He could do the grizzled thing. Yeah. yeah. And look, look, like, you know, it's been enough weeks and nobody saw the movie, so spoilers for The Flash. He, he makes a cameo. He's At the back. End of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's clearly a joke. They're not going to go anywhere with it, whatever. But if they decided, yeah. like, I said, like, to somebody, I was like, if WB had any balls, they would I, just keep I there. think they would just keep them there. Or, like, hey, Batman Brave and the Bold, it's Clooney. Yeah. Because they, they need an old enough Batman to have a son. Yeah. So it's Clooney. It's Clooney. Clooney's and I would be in. like, yeah, well, I, I would love to see it because I, I said give him another shot because I he is almost, for a long time, he was almost Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Right? He was the suave, single guy. Now yep. he's married, settled down, whatever. Yeah. But he was the suave, single guy who wouldn't settle down. Yep. Who, you know, rich, whatever. Everybody loved him. Like, yeah. he kind of was Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. And I think that really radiates in this movie. Yeah. I think he's a really good Bruce Wayne. And I think the stuff with Alfred that he has and those dramatic moments really work. I actually like the flashback sequences of when yeah. Alfred and him, when he's a kid. Like, I like that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like... Oh, this is really good. There's good stuff in here. I can't sit here and say that I hate this entire movie. I do think there is some really good stuff. I think what's unfortunate is it is kind of weighed down by all of the other extravagant things going on. It's funny because the quiet moments in this movie are kind of the moments I like the most. Mm. And these big over-the-top moments like this, you know, the giant party scene where Poison Ivy is in the gorilla suit. like. Is any of that like you Batman and Robin are at a party? Like, they just go to they a just party. go to a party and they're in the th- and he pulls out the credit cards and Batman. I love forever. the credit card. I don't look. Care. I know. I, I know. love the credit card. People love the credit card. It's a nice homage to Forever, but it's it's funny because it's just like you know the Bat card, I guess, and it's just silly and but like that whole scene is so over the top. You just forget that there are these quiet moments of like Alfred's dying in yeah. this movie and you kind of, and I feel like that gets overshadowed a lot. Well, you forget that the last movie was a, was who was the same director yeah. and most of the same cast. Yes. was this exploration of of why Bruce Wayne is Batman and the trauma that he yep. faced. Like people that are like, "Oh, Joel Schumacher killed Batman or Joel Sh- Joel Schumacher." Like that's why I wanted to say like I feel like it was almost like he was almost like a genius because like yeah. it was almost it was almost him sticking up and I don't know if this was intentional or not it was almost him sticking up a middle finger to WB yeah being like you don't care about my movie then then I don't care about you right because like like I can't imagine like that he as a director had this idea and they were and they in forever and they kind of just ripped it apart yep. and they said we don't care about that we right. don't want a dark we don't want we had the dark Batman we don't want a dark Batman anymore right and it's like but there, Batman is dark that's what Batman right. is right right and and, it, and even in even in this movie which we were saying before is like oh it's very kid friendly whatever and they wanted to, it's almost is, not no because, I don't I actually don't think it is so <laughs> I have a funny uh, thing with this where you know, uh, look, we had, I had, or I guess my family, we had Batman and Robin, the VHS, around my house growing up. It was there, and I watched this movie quite a bit growing up. Yeah. And as, the kids as, probably loved this. Yes. But, like, at the time, I, I didn't realize what I was watching a lot of the time, because it's just kind of this really neon-drenched, over-the-top movie. You're, you're so, as a kid, you're so desensitized. You don't pick it. up the small. You don't pick up yeah. the small things. And, you know, as I got older, and I was an adult, and I, I would even a teenager you watch it again 
And, like, I went to my mom and I was like, I can't believe you let me watch this as a kid. She's like, what? And I'm like, there's some kind of, like, weird sexual stuff a in here. A lot of sexual stuff. Like, yeah. a lot of really, like, sexual stuff in here that's kind of, it's it's It's, you know, there's no sex scenes or anything like that. But there's a lot of underplayed sexuality in this movie that it was kind of, like, like I was just saying, the gorilla suit stuff is, yeah. like, She's basically stripping in yeah. that. And you're like, oh. Her rebirth from Earth her rebirth from is Earth. very like sexual. Yeah, and, like, yeah. But Poison Ivy, the character, oh, yeah. is a very, even even in like the show and other iterations, she's a very sexual character. Very like yeah. She's meant to be like sexy, quote unquote, and that's kind of like her thing. But she's more into plants than humans, so it kind of like negates <laughs> in a way. Yeah. But it's funny in this movie because it is kind of sexual. And you walk away and you're like, oh. Right, like I never caught this as a kid because I was so like the whole hormone use. I was, and, yes, yeah. because you're so enamored with the colors, and you're kind of enamored. I know I was as a kid, kind of more with Mister Freeze and his costume yeah. and the puns, blue and, and, and you yeah. and blue, and you're walking around the rest of the day after you watch the movie as a kid, going have an ice day. Yeah. Like you're just like it's stupid, right? Like, but then you watch it as an adult, and you go, oh yeah, and there's this thing with poison ivy. And that's really weird. So yeah. it is a fascinating thing. And even film that, that like, the only reason why she wants to partner with him is because he's the only guy who's not affected. Yeah, because by he's, her, he's got yeah. the whole cold blood thing going on. The pheromones don't work on him. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, it doesn't work because I'm cold blood. And I'm also in love with my and wife. I'm, and I also have a wife who I love very much, and I'm literally trying to bring back to life yeah. throughout this movie. And, I was gonna, and I'm going to say, too. Like, those moments really work for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Arnold's really good in those moments. Yeah. Buddy, you're great. I really had to get there. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that you uh, noticed. But, no, I mean... It- that was a real tear. I actually froze it <laughs> on my face. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. Arnold. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's really... Like, the movie is just... So interesting, and, yeah, and and yeah. I mean, there there, there is, is a reason people have analyzed it, yeah, for so long. Yeah, it, it, I just had a blast, and not. And I, but the thing is, it wasn't even almost in the way of like it's so bad, it's good or whatever. Right. Like I reckon, like I re- like I recognize it's not good. This doesn't work in '97. Yes, but like if this came in out- a strange way, it it did it does almost work for me because I I like I'm looking at it. Differently, like yeah. it's all it's the it's the wrong Batman, it's the wrong choices, it's the wrong time. It doesn't fit. Like if it, it's almost like if this was like an Elseworlds thing, and they made it as yeah. its own thing. But as the fourth movie in this series, it's it it, it's work. completely off the rails of everything else we saw. This is the same universe yep. with Jack Nicholson, yes, as the Joker or Danny DeVito biting people's noses off as yeah. the Penguin, and now here we have. You know, puntastic Mister yeah. Freeze walking around. I mean, this is literally and like again, seriously, no pun intended. It's bat crazy. Yeah. It really is. And you walk away from it, and you're like, oh my god. There's a world where in '97, it doesn't work as the fourth movie, and I don't even think it works in '97 really. If this movie came out in like the '70s, though, oh yeah, oh, I the, feel like people would love this. This is an ant. This is the answer to the '60s. Yes, show. If this came out a few years after the '60s show in the night, like 1970s, early mid '70s, people would probably love this, yeah. and they'd be, and it would probably be considered one of the best Batman movies of all time, or but just a product such, of its time. Yes, right? but it's weird. But it, that it this feels the, so out of place. Yeah. It feels almost out of time. Even though it's 97, it feels like it should have been made 
back in like 72 or something yeah. and you walk away from it and you're like you're like it's like Joel Schumacher just was out of time making I'm, this I'm imagining that he was a huge fan of the show oh he mu- I can't imagine with yeah. like you're saying because he does seem like a very flamboyant guy 100% probably loved the but show because the show is very flamboyant yeah. but it's funny too because I from what I've heard and I don't know if you have any of this uh-huh. in your facts and if you do we'll pause or whatever he was interested, like we mentioned with Forever, in the darker aspects of Batman. Always. And that, like, what he wanted to do was, like, Frank Miller's, like, The Dark Knight Returns. Like, yes. That's what he initially wanted to do. He really loves that story. And, yeah, yes. and he was like, this is my favorite Batman mm-hmm. story. This is what I want to do. Yes. And they were like, no, you can't do that. It's also... It's just funny how they go from Dark Knight like Returns w- to this. But, like, WB, again, it's this weird thing at the time where it's like... The two Burton movies were dark. You had two dark Burton movies, and because Batman Returns wasn't selling enough toys, they said, we need to make a change, and that's kind of why you get Batman Forever with Joel Schumacher, and as we talked about last week, there's some really interesting stuff in there about the psycho analysis of Batman stuff, but at its core, it still kind of is a toy movie. Oh, it is, yeah. This movie is just full unabashed, like, we want toys, give us toys, and that's what this is. And it's so weird that flip that WB has of, oh, yeah, we, we have these two dark movies with Burton, but then we have these really over-the-top silly movies with Schumacher. And I would argue that maybe Forever kind of falls in the middle of Schumacher and Burton. Like, I think it's like... It's, I, almost, it's almost a like good a, bridge movie. It's almost a good bridge movie, and it's like the perfect mixture of both. And I think that's because Burton was attached producing still. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the perfect bridge movie because I think there's enough Burton in there, but there's also enough Schumacher in and there. And I think Burton, and then this one, Burton is not attached. No, to no, this no. Movie but Burton all. and oh. Schumacher were friends. I they believe. were friends. Yes, yeah. he liked Joel Schumacher. Um, like and he, I can kind of see why. Like Burton went to Schumacher and yes. said, "Make this movie." Yes. And Schumacher's like, "I guess." Yeah. Like and yes, Burton does like Schumacher, but I can see why because he's like, "Oh, he's really creative," yeah. and Burton is that way, darker, but Schumacher is bigger and more colorful. Um, and but then you get the, this movie where there's no... I don't even see a Burton thing in here, really. Yeah. Like, it's just very Schumacher. But that's the thing, though. It's like, Schumacher, like... Like, the mo- I haven't, like you said, I haven't seen a lot of them. Uh, but, like, like, The Lost Boys. It's a darker movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, Falling Down. It's yeah. a darker movie. Um, From what I understand, The Client is darker, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, even, like, he did Phone Booth. Mm-hmm. It's a darker movie. Darker like, that's movie. the thing. is like, Everybody associates... Like, you just said it. Like and I, And I do think, personally... He is kind of a. I, the, I remember him. I don't know if it's true. I remember the video, pictures I've seen of him, like wearing like very colorful clothing and like well things like that. And here's a quick story then. Uh, that Clo- I don't think I have this in my facts. Clooney tells a story about when he was Batman, and he goes, uh, he's like, I remember being on set. He's like, I'm in this rubber, I'm in the rubber suit, yeah. and they have to prop me up. And before they prop me up, Schumacher is offset going. All right, George, your parents are dead. It's a comic book and action. Yeah. And then they put him up, and then Clooney goes, uh, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's it. And that's the, it's, it's hilarious. But that's what, I like, think he said. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is he's flamboyant in that way where he's like, your parents are dead. It's a comic book, yeah. action. And you're like, yeah. what? Like, but it's <laughs> funny, like, you, like everybody's like, oh, he's such a flamboyant person. He's such a colorful person. It's like, but a lot of his movies are dark. Yeah, a lot they of his are movies dark. are dark. They are dark. And it, but he I likes think, that aspect. Yes. And I think he was kind of given the creative license in this movie to maybe be bigger. And yeah. I don't know, even though he was interested in the darker aspects, I think he just wanted to go big this time. No, I, and, well, that's the thing is, I, and, and again, that goes to, and I, and I don't, again, I don't think it's a Schumacher thing, but WB 
in general, people, WB and people in general, especially at this time, mm-hmm. didn't understand what a comic book movie could be, yep. right? Like, they, like there was a stigma of you're making a comic book yes. movie. So, that why does it matter? Like, it's not serious. Like, he, right. like he said, like, it's a comic book. Like, again, I, again, the videos I've seen is him with this the megaphone yeah. just going, it's a comic book, right. bigger, yes. louder, yes. like, quicker, like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, and that's what it is, like. People, like, people just didn't care. And I don't think, I think, I got a lot of problems with WB in general. You because and I do. Max kicked me off again. I sent you this, this yes, text message. Yes, I know, I know. Again. Max is a bad service. Watching this movie. Yes. But in general, I don't think that they, I think now, and we'll see what they what they do now with, like, the James right. Gunn stuff. But And I'm not saying every every Warner Brothers, every, every DC movie has been bad or whatever. But they've never fully understood what they have. Yes. With the DC, WB's never fully understood DC and what they have. Yes. And I think like when they let like the animation studios, like the DC animated movies, like that's the thing that well, for a long time people kind of said that like the, that like Marvel was dominant in the live action movies, but DC was very dominant in, in the, the animated, animated movies. Yeah, in the animated. And Marvel world. could never quite get on the level with their animation. And DC could never get on that level with their live action. Yes. But the animated movies are kind of almost legendary with what they... Like the Batman... Even Batman animated series. Yep. The Justice League cartoon. Mm-hmm. Batman Beyond. But even the movies. Yep. Flashpoint and all these movies that they, they did. They were really effective. And we're going to talk about, you know, one of them next week. Yep. Uh, with Mask of the Phantasm. Like they're really well done movies. But I think because they are not... Like that's like an animation studio. Like they yep. don't care like, oh go over in the corner and make your cartoon right <laughs> when it comes to like the actual movies the actual live action movies i don't think that they fully understand what they have what they yes. have and they've never been able to properly utilize that i agree and with what they and, and there's little flourishes when they when you give a movie to christopher nolan you're gonna get good movies because christopher nolan knows how to right. make good movies and he's part of the reason why the stigma of comic book books change comic yeah. movies change like he is part of that reason a big part of that reason i would argue that's gonna be exciting to talk about in a few weeks yeah, but yeah, like yeah. he really changes the stigma of making a comic book movie because he's coming off of like you know these critically acclaimed films he does and then suddenly he's doing batman begins and people are like oh god he's doing a comic book movie really why is he doing that yeah. and then people see the movie and they go oh it's more than a quote-unquote comic book movie yeah. like this is a real story yeah and, and I think, like, when it comes to Warner Brothers and, and DC, they don't understand. They, they Warner Brothers can't get money out of their properties. Of, yeah. yeah. They, it, they have always prioritized money. We kind of talked yes. about, like, Marvel, I felt like, was willing to take... And this isn't a... I'm not trying to do a Marvel versus DC <laughs> thing. Okay. But, like, Marvel, I feel like, has been willing to take a little bit of a loss. Or, like, mm-hmm. like when they make Ant-Man... Right, they're like, hey, Ant Man's not going to do as good as Iron Man or or Thor or whatever, right? Captain America, yeah. Right. But we'll give it a little bit of a lower budget. We'll let it make you know four hundred million dollars versus it makes seventy back, right? Still. It makes the money and it, and it continues the story. And we want to, we really want to use this character right. over here, so right. we'll take the loss, right? But Warner Brothers is so like every they, movie they needs just to can't, be that and that, and then like they can't, they don't trust people. Like they're constantly getting in the way, like. And and this is not a DCEU thing, but and I know you're more of a fan of that universe yes. than I am. But they, you can even you can admit that 
it's very much a flawed universe because they keep shooting themselves in the foot. There's they, a problem. They yes. don't let people do what they have to do. Like, I was just, you know, doing, I was listening to a video or whatever about the whole Jen, like Zack Snyder thing. It was a mess. And that's yes. not even Snyder's fault. But it was a mess because yes. DC can't help themselves. I know. So no, the, WB can't help themselves. Well, yeah, WB and can't help themselves also, yes. through DC. Yes. But that's the thing with this movie to tie it all back in. See, I'm tying it back in. Okay. That's the thing is that, like, they could have said to Schumacher, hey, make the best movie you can make. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see what you got. Maybe go a little bit, you know, not not black ooze coming out of somebody's mouth. <laughs> but let's let's make, what do you got? But yeah. instead they were like, no dark, no whatever, no serious, no drama. Yeah. Make fun, fun comedy, toy, like toys. The, word, the word you said, toyatic, right? When you toyatic, used, yep. Uh, when you were talking about like, um, with like a more uh, other when you when during the Avengers episode, you use that word. Yes, uh, toyatic, mm-hmm. right? Like like, or there's the Marvel retrospective, I think. Whatever one it was. Yeah, yeah, yes. you're toyatic, right? It's like that's what it is. Yes, that's all they care about. All they care about is money. Yep. And okay. to be fair, I did have those toys, and they were pretty cool. They were pretty cool. Okay, I think that's a good stopping point here. Um, we got to talk about the it's movie. It's a big episode. I'm gonna, yeah, it's a big episode. I got to tell you, Arnold's itching in the corner over there. I see him. Stop I see him. talking about the boring studios. That nobody cares. Everybody's supposed to hear about me and I'm Mr. Freeze. Do you want to hear some puns? We have a puns, baby. Well, Arnold, I mean... Shut up, Ryan. I'm not talking to you right now. I, I'm just but, saying... Uh, uh, we got a top-billed actor this week, and it's not George Clooney, so... Oh, I got the sweet deal. <laughs> Okay, let's get into this. We're talking Batman and Robin. So, the release date of this movie is June 20th, 1997. Summer money, baby. Summer money, baby, and sticks with that June date. Like yep. I told you, I think we talked about it before, but they're always going for that mid, mid-June mid thing. They get it again, great date, cool. Directed, and we kind of just talked about him a lot, Yeah. but Joel Schumacher. Do you have more you want to no, say? No, I, I don't. I feel like we covered him in the intro there. I, I will say... It's a big thing. He goes for it. I, I think this is creatively probably... Uh, the soul of Schum- Schumacher, if you will, yeah. on screen, and I think that's what it is. I'll just say this: is I, I don't think he deserved the crap that he is taking he, a lot yeah. of for this movie, a lot, uh, almost to the point in my fun facts where he has like uh, apologized numerous times yeah. for this. And, movie. and and to be fair, he owned up. He's like, it's me. Yeah, it wasn't Clooney, it wasn't Arnold, it wasn't Uma Thurman. Was, was, it was me. He, he blames no one. Yeah, he's like, and, I'm, I made a mistake. And you know what, man? I, I respect him more because I'm like, he's not blaming anybody. He's taking the hit and he's like, yeah, it was me. And it kind of was, right? And it kind of was. And you have to kind of accept that. And it was. But, you know, I think part of it too, and I think he doesn't necessarily want to say it, but I think part of it is WB too. And then, and then, yeah. I think some part of it's WB. And yeah. I don't think he want, but I don't think he wanted to create that bad Let's boy. talk about the studios more. No, because. Um, <laughs> Boo! I know he said, and again, I don't know if this is in your fun facts, but he had compared this, his re- this reaction to this movie of people reacting as if he killed yep. a baby. Yep. He's I like, believe I have that. Yeah. Yes. He's like that. He's like, people hate. Me, yeah, because of this movie, and yes. I feel bad. I feel, I feel bad for him. I mean, rest in peace, but I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him too. This is written by Akiva Goldsman, yeah, who was attached last week. They bring him back, just him solo this time. He doesn't have the uh, the husband duo pair with him. He's by himself. Look, I, like, <laughs> what did he write? <laughs> Look, I want the Batman and Robin script desperately because yeah. I want to see. The pen marks. I want to see the crossed out words, the well, circles. I want to see rewritten paragraphs off to the here's side. Here's the thing. Like, 
This movie is insanely written. But here's the thing with that, though. Is I, I really wonder, because I feel like this movie is very much... Like, all those choices are director choices, right? Yes. Like, how the movie looks, how the movie's shot, how the movie's acted. Was the script Was the tamed. script... Yeah, because, like... Like, yeah, it might say in the script, like, I, I used to meet you, right? <laughs> but, like, it's not... Don't like, do me. Don't do me. It, it, it could be, it could be like, you know, I used to meet you, right? Yes. But it's not, I used to meet you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's dialed up to 11. That's when, it's when you dial it up. Yeah. Right? You know but what I mean? But is like, that also maybe because did Schumacher, when he read the script... And I think he did. I think I have this somewhere in here. But, like, even as he's reading the script and he reads, you know, nice ice to meet you, right? He's reading ice to meet you. I wonder if his head goes to Schwarzenegger could do this. Like, I wonder if he goes to, like, Arnold could do this. Like, and maybe he – that's part of his vision. Like, I wonder if he immediately was like, this could be bigger. Like, look at this line. Now put Arnold saying this line. That's a big movie right there, right? Yeah. Like, and he's he's not necessarily wrong to think that way because if you really kind of piece it together, Arnold's a pretty big movie star. No, still at this of point. course like, he would be selected. Yeah, he's like he's still. A You're lucky he wasn't star. even Batman. You're lucky he wasn't even Batman. And I know a lot of people kind of point to like uh, Last Action Hero as maybe like a bad point for Arnold where things started going down. Love you and movie. I disagree. I love, love that movie, movie too. <laughs> I think he's actually talked about that movie recently. Like somebody, like he was, he was doing interviews recently and somebody asked him about like his biggest failure and it's last action hero. Yeah. And he's like reflected on that movie. And I'm like, I think that movie's incredible. Yeah. Like, I think it's a really great movie. Did he reflect negatively on it? Or did he I got to read the interview. I feel like he was positive and I feel like he was like, I feel like it was more the answer of I don't think people understood it at the time. Yeah, which is what and we kind of said. 100%, yeah. And he's 100% correct. Like, people didn't understand it. And I think it's aged phenomenally. And yeah. I think it's really good. It's very good, Arnold. I love that movie. Last night, John McTiernan. It was so much fun. Me and Johnny. Johnny T, I called him. <laughs> and I love that kid. Arnold, I missed you, buddy. Sure. <laughs> wow. Arnold's, give, Arnold's giving me the cold he's shoulder head. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, okay. Okay, he hates it. But yeah, it's it, look, it's it maybe the script was tame, and then Schumacher comes in with the creative yeah, I mean, vision he had, and it just blows up on the screen. There's stupid things in the script, right? Yes. Like the credit card or whatever, or the fact that Alfred all of a sudden just has this sickness out of nowhere, and it coincidentally happens to be the same sickness that Mister Freeze has. Yes, a cure for. You know what I mean? Like yes. they're like. It's not. It's all coincidental. Great. But I think like the the level of it being bad is director choices. Yes. And that, and that, and we just talked about Schumacher, but yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it is too. All right, budget one hundred twenty-five to one hundred and sixty million dollars. Took him for what? <laughs> oh man, they got money for this. Make it make it a choice, but then I need one hundred sixty. I need one hundred and sixty million dollars to do that. I mean, for that time period, there's movies that now that are not. Yeah. That budget is insane for that time period. But again, this is the buildup of Batman at the time. This is the buildup of this is the fourth Batman movie. I genuinely think they they just were like, we'll give you whatever you want. We know it's going to do well, and we'll give you whatever you yeah. want. Here you go. 160? Okay, here you go. But even that number of like comparing it like 125 to 160 million... I'm going to be 100% new. It was probably 160 million. It wasn't 125. Oh, yeah. No, it, it is definitely on the higher end of yeah, that. Yeah, it's on the higher end of that. Well, do you want to hear the box office? Yes. Uh, how do you think this did? I know it did not do well. $238 million. It does not make the money back uh, at all. 
it, it, it is a bomb for all intents and purposes. So, yeah, I'm just looking it up. Batman and Robin had a bigger budget than Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. That's that's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, this movie uh, yeah, does not make it, its it, money it, back. It does. It was a bomb, and that's it was why an absolute bomb. It I, killed Batman. This killed Batman. Yes, it killed Batman at that time period, and it stopped them. It stopped WB entirely from making Batman movies. In a way, it kind of made Batman poison because they were like, oh, like it's ruined. We can't touch this anymore. But my God, two hundred thirty-eight million on a hundred and sixty million dollar budget. Yeah. Good lord. Like, that's just... It's no good. Arnold, I hope we didn't have money in the uh, gross gross of this. Cause, uh, I'm not going to talk about my deal, but uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores. Out of 95 critic reviews, it's rotten at 12%. Jesus. I know. Is this the worst we've done? No, because Leprechaun... No, Leprechaun has Leprechaun zero. Has zero. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But I think as far as like, but I mean, I'm, let's let's okay, let's reframe it then. Is this the worst we've done in the terms of big budget? Can, it has to be, right? I can actually tell you that. Hang on. It has to be. It it, it it is. It is right. By for critics, it is. I thought so. I'm like looking at this, and I'm like, as far as big budget films. I oh, know that's sorry, that's fans. Okay. Um, no, it is not. Okay, it is not. Um, Fascinating. The Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Two oh of the, right. Two of the three of them are they're big, but that's not Leprechaun. Right, right, right. And, right. It's, and it's all the it's all the Leprechaun and gotcha, gotcha, movies. gotcha. Okay, but those are it, it's it's down there, it's down there, but it is not <laughs> right. It is not uh, the gotcha, worst. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, audience score out of two hundred fifty thousand plus ratings, it is rotten at sixteen percent. So, audience and critics are that in agreement. The, yeah, that's the lowest uh, audience. Okay, that makes sense. I get it. People don't like it. They didn't like it then, and a lot of people don't like it now. A lot of people, uh, ironically, like the movie now. Yes. Like they, you know, it's, oh, it's it was on purpose, it was whatever, and... Schumacher did it on purpose. Yeah. And there, there's that fan base out there that we always like to talk and, about. And I, I think act, he did it on purpose. I still don't think it's good. I don't think it's good, and I yeah. don't think he did it on purpose, but there's always that, like, ironic fan base that you talk about, or sometimes, maybe not even ironic, but there's people out there who legitimately we dislike these kinds of fans who legitimately come out and they go you just don't understand it yeah, you just don't that. understand don't it that. and it's like no i understand it it's it's just a it's if, a f- if you like this movie because it's bad and you think it's fun i had a great time with this movie yeah, i'm not gonna sure. sit there and lie i had a great time with this movie it's a bad movie yeah right like like john, john has said and i think he said on this show before that he he loves this movie but not yes. not because he thinks it's a good movie right because it's, it's fun, movie. yeah. It's over the top. It's silly, and it is what it is. All right. So we have to get into the cast now. Um, and this is going to be good because I think uh, somebody's going to want to talk when we get to him. Uh, but I'm just going to blow through it. I'm going to keep him to the side for now. Sounds and good. we'll bring Sounds him good. in when we get to him. Uh, this is starring, top build, just like Batman 89, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dr. Victor Freeze and Mr. Freeze. I got the top build, baby! Please. Uh, George Clooney as Bruce Wayne and Batman, Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson and Robin, Uma Thurman as Dr. Pamela Isley in Poison Ivy, uh, Alicia Silverstone as Barbara Wilson and Batgirl, Michael Goff as Alfred Pennyworth, Pat Hingle as Commissioner James Gordon, Elle McPherson as Julie Madison, uh, John Glover as Dr. Jason Woodrow, Robert Swenson as Bane, and featuring a cameo from Coolio mm-hmm. as... Jonathan Crane. Yes. Yep. I did hear this. Yep. 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 
It's not credited. Is he? He's not credited in the movie. He's also multi-franchise Hall of Fame. He is multi. I was gonna say that. Coolio's in. I was gonna say that. <laughs> um, yes, Coolio. Welcome to the multi-franchise Hall of Fame. Yes, Coolio. Um, we, welcome. We mentioned this. I bleeped out the name of the movie, but we mentioned this during the Leprechaun yep. episodes with Tony because I was like, "Oh, Coolio's gonna." And he's like, yeah. "What's Coolio?" In? Yeah. I was like, "Hey, man." It's a very small cameo, um, and when he pops up on the screen, you, you don't even know that he's Jonathan Crane slash Scarecrow. Oh no, I know, and I don't. Yeah, I I don't even think he's Scarecrow. I, I, I don't think just, even I don't know if he even in this movie intended was to be, but I know. Yeah, and we'll talk about it when we get to casting. Yeah, what that he he, he was supposed to be. He was supposed, or to he be. was going to be. He was going to be. Didn't happen, and they just gave him Jonathan Crane, and is, uh, uh, he's and, at the motorcycle race. No, no, I know he's in. The, is he credited in this movie? Like, is he in the credits? Oh, I don't know. Maybe at the end credits when it's rolling. Well, no, that's I'm wondering if, if he's credited in the end. Is he credited as Jonathan Crane? Or is he just credited as... I, I imagine he is. I mean, if it says Jonathan Crane, I On the Wikipedia, he it's probably, um, yeah. Here, let's look at the... The letterbox has never misled me. I mean, I imagine he is. I'm sorry. So on Letterboxd, he's credited as Banker. That's what I thought. Yeah, he, but it's Jonathan Crane. He's going. To, he was going to be. I don't think he. I don't think that was in, the intention in this movie was not for him to be. The deal was. Yes. Yeah, we'll okay. talk about it. So it, let's move on. Yeah. I didn't think we'd spend this long on Coolio, so let's move on. Uh, Robert Swenson as Bane. I believe this is a pro wrestler, yeah. and I think he went by Jeep Swenson. Is that mm-hmm. correct? I don't know this guy. Okay, because I don't think he was um, a big. He wasn't a big wrestler. He wasn't a big wrestler. What I do know about Robert Swenson is that he died shortly after this movie came yeah. out. But he is the bigger version of Bane. So I didn't credit the smaller version because he's barely in it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I credited the big version. Look, this ain't my Bane. No. I'm going to be 100% with you. People forget Bane is in this movie. Often. He's the Bane that I... And I didn't know Bane outside of this movie, so he was my Bane I, for a long time. So I was aware of Bane because of the animated series. And the Bane they portray in the animated series is like the intelligent yeah. Bane, who is like like high level intellect very smart but then has the whole the muscle he's like he's got the brawn he's got the brains type yeah. deal and he's extremely dangerous and he can speak yeah. <laughs> he can actually you know conform and just sentences go, bah, man. Bah, man. and do stupid things like he that. just repeats and, he repeats yeah, he repeats what he hears this Bane is really silly, and it's it's very funny to me how often people forget he's in the movie. Like, I've brought up this movie and go, yeah, and it's like the worst depiction of Bane, and people go, Bane's in this movie? Yeah, or like, oh, there's like, three yes. villains in this movie. There's not three yeah, villains they're like, in the movie. Yeah, they're like, there's not three villains. I'm like, Bane is in Bane this is movie. In the movie. I'm like, he's kind of relegated to the role of glorified henchman, yeah. but he is in the movie, and it's a silly portrayal, and you never really get full Bane in this movie like he's kind of just walking around in a trench coat with the hat and he's just following around Poison Ivy <laughs> I love his disguise yeah the disguise I love his disguise yeah, the sky. <laughs> and he's just following around Poison Ivy and then even when he gets in on the action it's not really that much you're not getting Bane it's mm-hmm. not the Bane that we're gonna get when we get to Dark Knight Rises no. which is I, I like I like it as funny as the mask and the monologue and you know everyone always does it the, the I was molded by it you know that whole thing yeah it's it's fun, but like, I would prefer that over this any day. But that's just me. John Glover as Doctor Jason Woodrow. This is the guy that Burton wanted as yes, yeah. Joker, and he's the crazy scientist at yep. the beginning of this movie. Look, he's memorable. He's he memorable. He like is. every time I watch this movie, he has so little screen time, but I walk away from the movie every single time, and I go, 
yeah, he's really memorable. I remember, I remember him. He's got the crazy hair. He's he's all up in Poison Ivy's face, and he's he's yelling at or I guess Pamela Isley before yeah. Poison Ivy. But he's responsible for her becoming Poison Ivy, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he tries to kill her or whatever. Yeah. Yes, he tries to kill her, and then he pushes the thing on her, and he so he, all the chemicals. He is yeah. a he's a villain in the comic books. I just looked this up. Okay, so he's Floronic Man or Plant okay. Plant Master. Floro and the cedar, or right. kind of his like aliases or whatever. I'm assuming they probably weren't thinking that no, when they made. Well, this. they just picked a name, you know what I mean. But I'm, I was, I was thinking, I'm surprised they didn't go with like, not that it would fit from what we know, yeah. but in this movie they don't care because Coolie is a freaking scarecrow. Yeah, uh, they didn't make him like Hugo Strange or something. Right, right. Like you know what I mean? Like it oh, mad been. scientist, whatever. You mad know? scientist Hugo Strange. Yeah. Um, I like him a lot in the role, though. I think he's very. Oh, he's memorable. wild! Yeah. yeah, he's wild. He's, he's wild, really and, and he, he again, he, I think he's in love with Arnold. That he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and right? I, I also really like, uh, I like his scene too when he's in like the court with all of like, I guess they're like war criminals essentially, and he's just trying to sell them on the super soldier. It's like I, the I, dark web. Yeah, really. it's, a, it's like the dark web before the dark web existed. It was really cool. Yeah, I like that scene a lot. Um, um well, I, like, I, I just love that they don't. There's no explanation. Well, what's going on? They just cut to this they place. They just cut to it. And these people are there, and yeah. they're like, what is going on? What is happening? Yeah, and he's like, he's like, oh, super soldiers! And he's going crazy, and you're like, this guy's nuts. Yeah, well, he says super wild. soldier, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I know, I know. It's insane. Elle McPherson as Julie Madison. This is Bruce Wayne's girlfriend throughout yeah. the movie that he cannot commit to. Has nothing to do with Has nothing movie. to do in this movie. I only mention her because Elle McPherson... Was a big name yeah. back then. I think still is to some degree, but she, I think, is a model before an actress. Well, and that, and we were literally a couple of weeks ago going like, "Oh, the love interest is in the Batman movies, and whoever, and whoever in Batman yeah. and Robin." And now, now we know it's now Elle, we know. Elle McPherson. It's Elle McPherson. Um, I don't know if I have this in my fun facts, but I'm going to say this: um, during the press run for this movie, cast members were asked like different things they took home. And Alicia Silverstone was like, oh, I, I, I don't know. She said, like, oh, I took home, like, my, my bat mask. And then uh, they asked Chris O'Donnell, and he was like, oh, I, I took home, I, I don't know, I took home batarang my, my batarang or whatever. And then somebody asked Clooney, and he was like, I took home Elle McPherson. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that insane? Like, you can't say that. That would never fly nowadays. That's really, That's really funny, though. It makes me think, because, um, not, not to go off topic... But it makes me think of Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, yes. because I I've done it. Yeah, I've shredded my shame. Yes, and I have yes. finally seen the the original four. I haven't seen the fifth one yet. Yeah, original four Indiana Jones movies. Your your shame has gone. And in um, is it Temple of Doom? Uh huh. Is it Kate Capshaw? Right, Kate Capshaw. And that's his actual wife. Yes. Right. Like he would go on to marry her. Yes. To the stay, I believe they're still married. Yep. Um, and he says, and I saw an interview with him, and he was like, you know, in the movie, Indiana Jones gets the girls, but in real life, I got her. Yeah, and it made me, it made me, made me think of that. Yeah, that's that's old Spielberg for <laughs> that's you. So cool, Mel that old, that old. <laughs> I took home Mel McPhee. I knew you'd like that. That's not okay. I know Clooney. it's not okay, Clooney. It has not aged well. Um, that has not aged well whatsoever. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Another guy who really doesn't have much to do in this movie, Pat Hingle as Commissioner James Gordon. No, he just stared at he. Here's these really, diamonds. Here's these diamonds, but I love you. Like, no, you really, know what he does? He flips the switch. Yep, he flips the switch. That's true. He flips the switch. Um, look, he doesn't have a lot to do. This is pro- and this is the last time we see him. 
as James Gordon, probably for the best. I, it, every time I watch these movies, it fascinates me that he was through all four because I'm like, I just don't get it. I'm like, I really don't get how he got the job four times in a row. They didn't care about Gordon. You're right. And but I will say this is an interesting movie because again, he has contact with Batman. Like Batman literally comes down, talks to him face to face, and he's like, "What do we got?" And you're like, "Oh, okay." So I guess maybe they've developed that relationship. Is this the one where he's on the screen too? Is that this? He's on the screen, and this is probably the most they have to do together. Yeah, which I find fascinating. But yeah, Pat Pat Hingle, it's fine. I'm glad this is kind of the last time we have to talk about him. I'll be 100% honest with you. <laughs> I'm kind of just done. Because like, Gordon's such a great character. I want more Gordon. I want, a, I want a better Gordon. And he could have been fine if they gave Gordon something to do. If only they gave him something to do. Yeah. If only. All right. The guy I want to talk about. I'm excited about this. Michael Goff was Alfred Pennyworth. I actually think he gives the best performance of I anybody in this movie. 100% Maybe, Maybe not Arnold. But besides everybody else. I agree with you. Yes. I, I completely agree with you. I think he is phenomenal in this movie i think he really brings the emotion i think schumacher knew how to use him in this movie and i think goff is probably the most professional actor on that set and was able to get where he needed to get to because you have to imagine again michael goff he's not doing all the big action set pieces he doesn't need to be there for the giant ice ice skating fight right he doesn't need to be there while Uma Thurman is taking off a gorilla costume. He's not needed for that. He gets to just hang at Wayne Manor the entire time and just, like, turn up the emotion, right? That's all he has to do. And he's really good at it. And I think he gets really great moments in this movie. It's almost, to me, like, the perfect send-off for his version of Alfred. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think you could make another Batman after this because this was so good. Because this worked so well. I wouldn't want another he, one. He almost makes this whole like Bat family dynamic work in this yes. movie. And it doesn't really work, but it, he almost makes he it work. He almost makes it work. Because everybody loves him. Yes. And they make an interesting choice to make, and we'll talk about it next, to make uh, Barbara Barbara Gordon yeah. not Gordon anymore. Right. And said make her related to Alfred. Yes. Make her his niece yes instead of his daughter Which is a fascinating or daughter or whatever but it almost works because well it works because gordon doesn't matter anyway it doesn't. so no one's going to care about nobody's going to care if he's like oh it's my daughter and bruce wayne it needs you? to be alfred it would be weird if gordon's like bruce wayne can you watch over my daughter in your mansion like that's weird and that's weird and you're kind of like <laughs> do you want something to happen but this here? way making an <laughs> alfred's niece brings brings her into the house which yes. helps or whatever and yes even how he like pretty much gets her into the Batcave. Like, his intention the entire time was, okay, I, she's going to find out about everything anyway, so you I'm going to act like, I'm going to do the whole thing, oh, never open it. Like, of course he knows she's going to open it because he knows it runs in the family. Well, there's the weird thing with his brother Wilfred. The Wilfred thing? He was trying to hunt I'm going to be 100% with you. That stuff is really interesting to me because I'm like, I kind of wish they found Wilfred. Yeah. Because I'm like, they, they kind of introduced this concept of him and his brother are you know, butlers, these high-level members of society. And I'm kind of like, I'm really interested in the Wilford story because I kind of wish they explored that more. And I wonder if we ever... Would have met Wilford? Well, I wonder if we got that third movie. That if this did well and Schumacher was given that third movie, I wonder if they would have explored that because I'm like, I am fascinated. And it kind of felt like maybe they were laying some seeds with that by being like, oh, you know, we need to find Wilfred and then... It ends up never coming to fruition in this movie because you 
need to establish Batgirl. Well, he's kind of using the Wilfred thing as an excuse to kind of give her the information that she needs, but he can't say, I'm giving this to her, so he's got to give it to Wilfred. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's interesting. It's it, really interesting. It is. I I'm I really enjoyed the the Alfred stuff in this movie. I did too, and I really and, think he pushes Clooney in the, unique yeah, ways too. And like the Clooney's, exploration that Alfred is is happy in his life. Yep. Like she's like, oh, he deserves to do better than be a butler, and he's oh, like, he's he's a life of servitude. Yeah, right. and then even even Clooney's like, he's family. Like yeah. I like he's family. He's like, like it's not servitude. It's just I don't know. He's 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 very saw Alfred's room. Yeah, I get to see Alfred's room. Look at that room. That's a nice room. And it's not like he's sleeping in a broom closet. You know, like he has a nice room. And it's interesting to me because, like I said, it just – it is fascinating. But, like, I was just saying, though, the, the moments he has with Clooney are really work yeah. for me. Like, yeah. I, it's – it kind of – in a weird way, it kind of showed, like, oh, Clooney can get there. Even in this Batman movie, like – it felt like golf was a good acting partner for him because, you know, Clooney's getting, like, teary-eyed with him. Yeah. And you're like – they're really getting there together. This is really working. But again, it just goes for me. Those quiet moments work the best for me. Yeah. I'm like, look at this. Like he's really this. Is and working. like you said, I know it's not technically. And I feel like it's something we'd see now. Yeah. And we kind of get it a little bit in the Batman with the hospital scene with or, Alfred or and Bruce. the Dark Knight series. Or the Dark right? Knight yeah. series. Yeah, I know. I overlook that all the time. You know. <laughs> Do you get angry at how much I overlook the Nolan stuff? And I just keep jumping. To, oh, but the Batman! Just, just with Kane. Kane's right. got the most to do with Kane's character. got a lot to do. You're absolutely right. And uh, this is probably the most that they give Alfred to do with this yeah. version. And I know technically it's not Michael Goff, but like those flashbacks that we see, he does the voiceover, but it's yeah. not his body. Right. Um, those like flashbacks we see of a younger Alfred and younger yeah. Bruce Wayne. Like it's great. There are little moments. It's, it's very sweet to it's see. It's sweet. Fleshing out, there is Joe Schumacher does want to flesh out this character. He wants a little to flesh bit. out this character a little bit and show that he wasn't just the butler; he was also his father. Yeah, figure right. He was yep. there for him, and it's it's really amazing and uh, it's cool stuff. It's really cool. That's why I think Alfred's one of my favorite characters in yeah, all of this. I stuff, agree with you, know? you. I agree with you. Let's move on to his niece, Alicia Silverstone, as Barbara Wilson and Batgirl. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little forced. She's not. She is a good actress. She's a good actress. I will say this too: Alicia Silverstone also got a lot of sh- for this movie. Yes, yeah, she did. She took a she lot did. and uh, and like like a lot of physical complaints yep. and a lot of people went off. A lot of fat phobic. Uh, that comments. was that's crazy. Um, uh, Schumacher, to his credit, actively defended her throughout the promotion of this movie. Still does does to this day. What are they? They said and she again, looks another, like Babe the Pig, not yep. a babe. Yep. Get the. I know, I know. People were very mean back then, and it's unfortunate because she was a young actress at the time, and I think this kind of this, stalled yeah, momentum. This, this really hurt her career. This hurt her career a lot, and I think she's kind of had a bit of a comeback in recent years, but this hurt her career a lot. But I don't think it's a bad performance. I don't. No, I, 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 don't I don't hate again, the performance. It's not, when you're being directed a certain way... What to be over do? the top. What right. are you supposed to do, right? She's a young actress. Like, she's going into this thinking it's a Batman movie. It's going to go well. You just have to do what you have to do. She's got to deliver she's the line wearing this paper-thin mask. Yes. Bruce! It's, it's me! me. <laughs> Barbara! Can't you see? It is, uh... <laughs> it is just ridiculous. And you're like, are you kidding? Like, are you kidding me? And even in that moment, though, like... You know, you even get the vibe that Clooney's like, come on. Like, I know it's her. This paper-thin man. Like, her half her face is out. You know? The blonde hair. The blonde, the blonde She's hair. She's in the house. 
Like, but it's the same exact thing with Dick Grayson. Like, you can tell it's still him. His entire face. The little mask doesn't stop. Yeah, but going. he's not walking around going, Bruce! Yeah. That's it's true. me! Yeah. You recognize <laughs> me! I'm right here! Like, it's just so stupid. Yeah, it's very, very silly. But I, I, I really like her performance. I want to say this. I really like her performance. I like the motorcycle stuff. I think that's really fun. Yeah. Um, when she actually officially becomes Batgirl... I, I think she's good. I think she's really good as Batgirl. I, I mean, she's the only live-action Batgirl we've ever gotten that we've seen. In a movie. In a movie. Um, on the television show there was. On the television show there was. What I'm saying is in a movie. Yep. This is the only time we've seen it. We were supposed to see another one. We'll never get it. But she is technically the only live-action Batgirl that we've ever seen. In a movie. In a movie. <laughs> there was a live-action Batgirl. It's not in a movie. I know. It's just you keep cutting me off and saying, in a movie. People know. It's okay. Yeah, shut up, Ryan. You know I'm angry at you? Because you canceled your Netflix. And you didn't even see my documentary. I didn't cancel my Netflix. What happened then? Tell me what happened. Netflix is cheap, and they don't like passwords. You're cheap. You're cheap. Arnold is on Netflix. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Because you canceled your Netflix. I didn't cancel my Netflix. I'm not talking to Ted for you. I know Teddy. I really want to. When I get it back, first thing I'm going to check out, FUBAR. Oh, people love FUBAR. Fuba is good. People love it. All right, we're not hit. We're not to you yet. Uh, take a back seat there. Uh, but Alicia Fubar Silverstone. Though. Yeah, I know. Alicia Silverstone. Can we move on? Yeah. Good? yeah good. Okay, cool. We'll move on. Okay. Uma Thurman as Dr. Pamela Isley in Poison Ivy. What do you think about this performance? I mean, it's over the top. It's over the top, right? But, again, I think... If I told you that Uma Thurman really likes this performance and really yeah. enjoyed her time in this movie. Would I, you believe me? Yeah, 100%. She did. So I I, um, I did, look, I don't usually look into oh, movies. Oh, that's me Always doing it still, isn't he? I, I no, no, no. I didn't look at Arnold goes away for a little bit and you still just do whatever you want. I didn't look into fun facts or anything like that. But I did look a little bit on like the Wikipedia of this movie because uh-huh. I needed to, I'm like, I need to understand this movie. Right. And I, 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 and, and I so I know a little bit more about right. this. And a lot of it's also... But pretty common knowledge and stuff too, but yeah, I did see that she she really liked this movie. She liked it. Yeah, yeah she had a really good time. On somebody the set. else did too. And we'll talk about him later. Somebody else did too. But like, um, but yeah, um, Uma Thurman like came into this movie and was like, oh, I've never really done a big budget thing like this. So she had a blast doing it. But as far as the performance, it's a really again, it's kind of a really singular performance in her career. Um, in the same way that. Two-Face was for Tommy Lee Jones. I think this is the same for her. She's very over the top. She's really big. I don't think she's a bad Poison Ivy, Well, I haven't seen Kill Bill, but you know, isn't that over the top and ridiculous too? Yes, but her performance isn't. It's more like, reserved. She's more reserved and more, like, vengeful and kind of, you know, like, much more in that fashion. In this movie, she's not in that movie... I pulled her plug. You yeah, know, she's yeah, not yeah. doing that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very, like... <laughs> it's like she read the comic books and was reading it in that voice going, Oh, here we go. And well, she, I mean, it, it's really you something. could You could take this performance yeah. and put it in the 60s show. And it works. And it's not out of place at it's all. It's not out of place at all. And I think, in a way, she understood the assignment of exactly what she was supposed to be doing because I think Joel told her to do that. And I think she, you're right, would fit right in with the 60s show. And I think she just nails it. And, yeah, it is what it is. Like, she does her thing. It's a little over the top, but she has a it's blast. Good. She it's has good. a blast. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I like 
I like her Poison Ivy. I don't hate it. Uh, I like it. It and fits I think she the movie. Gets, I think she gets some really good moments, and I think she's the real villain of the movie, like, through and through. Yeah. Because at least Mr. Freeze is uh, redeemable. Yeah. She is straight up Just the villain. Evil, yeah. And uh, is absolutely terrified of him at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's true. Oh, man, I love that scene. Because uh, people that want to protect the Earth... <laughs> Villains. Yeah, they're villains. Those environmentalists. You don't want to talk about those people. It's bad. Okay, let's move on. Mr. Chris O'Donnell as Dick Grayson and Robin. What did you think of him this time? I really liked him. I liked him too. I really liked, I liked him, him too. Movie. I think he's actually better in this movie than he is in forever. I really think he fits into yeah, this world. I do. It's I still am. too old, but at this point, I can in my mind, I'm like, oh, years have passed, so it makes sense. Like, yeah, maybe, I, don't know, maybe. I don't know if that much time has actually passed, but in my mind, it did. Sure, he's 25 now. Now he's 25. Now he's 25. Now he's 25. Uh, he's yeah. not the 17-year-old boy that we were trying to yeah. <laughs> talk about last week. We're as a big 17-year-old boy. Uh, <laughs> and I like I like the, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily like it, but I think he does a good job of, like, the jealousy aspect, right? Playing up the fair... Because he, half this movie, he's under the... It's basically not control, but, like, the influence of Poison Ivy in this yes. movie through the pheromones. And he's, but he's also trying to... Get out of the shadow of, of Batman of a little Batman, bit, yeah. and he's trying. And he's trying to earn his, He's also trying to earn his trust. Yep. He's trying to earn his trust, and they played with those trust issues last week too, a little bit with Batman Forever. This week, I think they really lay into them, and they kind of are like, Batman's not fully trusting Robin, and we even get to see it in those moments when he, uh, when they're going to go off the statue, and he's like, he's like, pull back, you can't make the jump, yeah. and then Batman he overrides the, the cycle, yeah. shuts him down, and he gets angry. And it's fascinating to me because it's like, I think it's a good way to go. I'm creating that tension between Batman and Robin and kind of saying like, again, I think it's maybe not executed well. But at the end of the day, that that uh, that tension is really interesting of, oh, um, Robin is feeling like, hey, you need to trust me more. It's just, and again, that kind of ties into the Alfred story because Alfred's like, I'm not going to be here forever, so... You need to learn to trust other people. Yeah, and Alfred sees as well, like what like we said with the last last movie, that uh, Dick Grayson is very much in the vein of Bruce Wayne. Yep. And that they Bruce are the Wayne same. now needs to be the Alfred yeah. to Dick Grayson as Alfred was to Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I, you know, I do like the scene towards the end of the movie where Robin's about to take off and the Robin signals in the sky. That's a Robin signal! <laughs> and you're just like, okay, calm down, buddy. Calm down. We see it's a Robin signal. Um, <laughs> it's so silly, but the, but he's about to go to Poison Ivy, right? But I really like the scene where he's like taking off, and then Bruce stops him, and he's kind of like he's like you're my you know friend, my this partner, my partner, brother, brother, and you're like that's the kind of stuff I want to see. Like I want to see more of that that bonding of like yeah, because they kind of are brothers. Like they're brother, they're partners, they're brothers, they're, they're the same together. age, they're the same age. They're like. You know, it, it it feels right in that moment because you're like, finally, we're getting like some something that makes sense in this movie. Yeah. Like, finally, <laughs> that's a Robin signal. Uh, <laughs> I wish that they would. You like that? I wish that they wouldn't manifest this jealousy and this this issue between the two of them through Poison Ivy. Like, I wish Completely they agree I wish you. they yes. would have been able to have because they set it up in the beginning, right? When he's like, like you said, um. Rob, you know, Robin gets frozen in the beginning of the movie, yeah. costs the job or yep. whatever. They lose Freeze because of him. Yeah, basically. Free, Freeze gets away. Even though Robin saves, literally saves Batman's life. Literally saves life. Batman. It doesn't um, matter. 
And and then you know Batman's like, oh, go to the training, you know, yeah, go train or whatever, you yeah, know, training sim- simulator or whatever. Yeah, you're gonna go train for an hour in yeah. the simulator or whatever, right? And it's like, uh, oh, like you know, they're setting it up, right? You know, and but then they they it just becomes like, oh, well, you're just jealous because of her and 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 I, you know, and I she wish, wants me. Yeah, I completely and, agree with you. And you you just because you can't have her and she wants me and I wish that they they could actually. Because, again, we understand that she he is under the influence of her. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's not even really how he feels to begin with. Right. But he, feel, he does feel that way. Yes. So I wish we got him explaining it as himself. Like, every time those pheromones yes. went out in this movie, I got annoyed. Yes. Because I was like, I just want to see there there be conflict because between they're try- the two of them. They're, trying, they're creating the conflict of this, this faux jealousy that's not really real. Because yeah, but because when they're of, of poison ivy wanting him over Batman, it, like that's not yeah really the root of the problem. Because the they root even of the say, problem is trust issues between these two guys. Yeah, because they even say like once they calm down, or like they're not near poison ivy for a while, like they both they both say like, wow, I was obsessed with her for like a minute. Yeah, I don't know why I was like I'm, yeah. I'm all cool now. Like everything's right. better now. Like and and they're fine. Like they don't have any. There's no tension between the two of them in that moment. So it's like. You're trying to set up that there's tension between the two of them, but it's only you're only showing it in this specific situation. Yeah. So I wish we got more of that naturally. Here's a silly thing I noticed in this movie. When Robin, after after the um, it's a Robin signal scene, you love that. I love that you love that. <laughs> he goes over um, to see Poison Ivy. <laughs> he goes over to see Poison Ivy, and uh, he walks in. He does the whole monologue. He falls onto the lily pad with her, whatever it is, the fly trap. Whatever it is, the plant, and they fall, and she kisses him the first time, and then he tears off the rubber lips. But he's still laying there, and he goes, he goes, oh, your your charms can't beat my rubber lips. I'm like, why did she just kiss him again? Because he ripped them off. Yeah, she she literally just... could just grab them and done it and killed Robin. Yeah. But instead, she like pushes him in the water, and I'm like, why did she just grab him and kiss him again? He's like just laying there, defenseless. Like, oh, your charms are impervious to my rubber lips. That's a Robin signal, and you're like. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, that's reckless. He should go into the simulator yeah. for an hour. <laughs> you know I would have lo- loved for her to do it, to do that, to just grab him and kiss him again, and him be like, more rubber lips. More, more, more rubber lips. lips. He pulls off another one, and you're just like, oh, okay, cool. He's really prepared. I got a 12-pack, baby. I got a 12-pack, baby. Once I saw uh, the Robin signal, I stopped at the store. <laughs> Once I saw the Robin signal. Okay. It's the last time we have to do this, and I know this annoys you. George Clooney as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Look, I, and we talked about him the a lot earlier. The second and only time Batman is billed second in a Batman movie. I don't... I, I really don't think George Clooney is a bad Batman. He's not good in the movie because the movie's not good. Okay. But he... I don't think he's... I think he could be a good... He's not okay. a good... He's okay. not a good Batman okay. in this movie. Okay. He could be a good Batman. I really do think he could be. He, he, he could be an excellent Bruce Wayne. We've already established that. I think... At this point in time, he's a great Bruce Wayne, and I think he's a bad Batman. I think now he would be a better Batman because I think he has come a long way. He's more confident. He has more confidence. He has a lot of movies under his belt. He has a lot of experience under his belt. He's like a bona fide movie star now. I think he could do it now. I think at the time, this maybe wasn't the best casting. That's how I feel. No, I mean, there's better choices 100%. There was better choices, and I think... Again, Bruce Wayne, I think he nails it. I think he's really good as Bruce Wayne, and I believed him because I'm like, of course, he's living that life. He's he's this playboy, he's philanthropist, you know, whole thing. 
I don't think he was a billionaire yet at that time. No, but, no, no, no. You know, he had ER money. He was all right. But, like... He wasn't you know, doing this cappuccino movie, commercials funny. in Japan. Yeah, but. he wasn't doing cappuccino movie uh, commercials. He viewed this movie as like his crossover to into stardom, movie into box office stardom. It like whole thing. He was like, "This is going to be it," and it just bombed completely. And look, I, I think part of it is because he maybe isn't the best Batman. I, I don't think he is a good Batman in this movie. I think he struggled to find <laughs> those aspects that work. And yes, maybe as an homage to the 60s show and if we're going to compare this to the Adam West Batman you're right it is in that vein but the Batman that has been established in the previous three movies leading up to this point it doesn't make sense to me I kind of walk away and I'm like we've had kind of a dark Batman for three movies and then we just kind of go the silly route this time and I just I don't think he works I don't think he works as Batman that said great Bruce Wayne and I think now he could do it I really do. I really yeah. think he could do it now. So when I hear George Clooney, and it's uh-huh. not, not my story to tell, but I did recently hear a story from Kevin Smith on his podcast. Okay. That he about. And if you want to hear the real story, like check out his podcast. It was really great. It's in the Flash episode. We talked about, like, we was talking about all the Batman actors, and he talked about Clooney. Yeah. He told the story. Clooney directed, you know, he, he started having a directing career. Yep. So he directed Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. It's the first movie People Clooney, like that movie. Clooney ever directed. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith at the time had a website that he didn't really contribute to, but he had it. It was from, right. I forget what it was called, like movieshoot.poop.com or sure. whatever. It was from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He just okay. made like an actual website. Nice. Hired writers to be on it or whatever. Right. And Clooney, he said the only time I ever saw Clooney was Clooney. Came up to him. They were somewhere. I forget where they were. Clooney came up to him and said, hey. I heard you hated my movie. And he said, what? Conve- he's a dangerous mind? No, I loved it. That was great. And he said, well, that's not what your website said. And Kevin Smith's like, well, I didn't, I don't write on the website. Like, I don't, that wasn't me. I just own it. And right. he's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then there's a kind of an awkward moment. And Clooney goes, well, what, what do you want to hear what I did? To this? I forget the critic's name, but there's another famous movie right. critic. He goes, you want to hear what I did to this guy? And Kevin Smith's like, okay, sure. He goes, this guy hated my movie. I wrote this terrible review about this movie. Right. So I got my friends. <laughs> and we went and egged his house. <laughs> and they said, and then I did an interview, and they asked me a completely unrelated question, and my answer was, What? I totally didn't egg that guy's house. That's amazing. And they said, and they said Why did you say that? He goes, Because I wanted to f- know I egged his house. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That's actually really incredible. That's okay. That's a good story. That's, that's a good story. story. That's a really good story. Look. I respect George Clooney massively. I do too. And here, look, here's the other thing about this. I may not like the Batman. I may not like uh, what he does in the movie. And look, and he's he's been, hearing, he's been hearing that for years. He knows it's not a good performance. He's aware that it's not good. He gets it. I will tell you that I have a massive amount of respect for him because of how he has handled it through the years. Yeah. He knows it's bad. He's owned up to it. He's taken responsibility. He's literally refunding people when they when they say they saw it in theaters. I mean, he's owned up to it. He's taken his hits with this movie. He still makes fun of it even now. Yeah. Like, he gets it. And the fact, I mean, that, literally he, the and the fact that he does the cameo in Flash is just another layer on this really funny thing with Batman. that This weird relationship he has with it. I respect him massively for how he handles these situations. And that's a great story. And the other thing I love about Clooney is uh, Endless Prankster. Yeah. constantly pranks does not will egg your house and not care and then do an interview and give an unrelated answer about 
egging the guy's house. Um, but, you know, he's he's infamously a pretty... Not infamously. I mean, he's famously a very nice guy and very laid back, but also a prankster and very funny. And I have to say, he has taken this failure in stride throughout the years. And look, Clooney's fine. He's fine. fine. He's fine. He came out on top. He won an Oscar. He's all good. He's come out on top. But like it is, I, I will say I respect how he has handled this movie throughout the years. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Well, it's that time, my friend. It's time to do it. I'm here. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dr. Victor Freeze and Mr. Freeze. I'm here, boys! We had to talk about it. Oh, to, is it me? Is it my time? Are we doing it? You're up. Can you give me the, uh, the, the applause you did for Coolio? We have a uh, multi-franchise. A little bit more enthusiasm, maybe. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our multi-franchise Hall of Famer, oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm here. Oh, my God. And this isn't this isn't this is even Predator, Arnold. We, don't, we still have Predator on the horizon. No, there's still so much to come. Look, do you want to hear some stories from the Batman and Robin set? Sure. Okay, I'm going to tell them. Clooney's a funny guy. I'll just say it. He's a funny guy. <laughs> did you hear he egged that guy's ass? I already egged the guy's ass. I was there. <laughs> I, I helped him. Joel was so great, though. Uh, I love Joel. He was great. He was very over the top. He was big, and he said, ah. I called Jim all the time, and I said, Jim, this guy's incredible. He's so big and he's so creative and I got to wear the big suit and I was blue. I was so blue and people loved the blue. And I was shooting my big ice gun and I got to make the dumb, the ice puns. You, do you remember them? Uh, I'm an ice day. Uh, uh, I'm on, I got a question for you. Yeah. What, what killed the dinosaurs? The ice age, baby. <laughs> the ice age. <laughs> I love how aggressive. Yeah, it's really aggressive. <laughs> oh, God, Arnold. You're, you're a treat. You're an absolute treat. I want to talk very quickly, too, about my documentary. Ryan, I will give you for canceling your Netflix account. Andrew, have you seen the documentary? Uh, you have Netflix. Well, you currently un- could watch unrelated, it. Unrelated, unrelated at this moment. We're, uh, we're talking about you. Uh, and I think Arnold's more interested in you at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I am more interested in you, Ryan. I'm very interested in you. Look, do you want me to call Teddy? Give him a call. I'll, g- I'll call Teddy Sarandos for you. I'll do it. Do you want me to help you get your Netflix back? Because Arnold, I can do it. Arnold, I'm not sure if you know this. I have a hit show on there called Fuba as well. It's really good. Arnold, I'm not sure if you know this uh, since the last time you've been here. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm now a father. Oh! Is that so? I am. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank How's that going? It's good. It's a very w- wonderful experience. Am I right? You're a father yourself. We're, we're fathers. We are fathers. That's correct. We are. We are both fathers. Fatherhood is a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. Arnold, um, would you mind if we, if Andrew and I just... Jumped in and talked about Batman and Robin. I suppose so. Yeah, I guess we can talk about it. Uh, oh, you and Andrew, you don't want me here. Is that what you're oh, saying? Well, I mean, just, you know, would you no, I can wait. Yeah. I'll go to the back. Yeah, I'll go to the back. I hear you. Um, listen, let me get that Netflix account back up for you. Thank you. Sounds good, let my me friend. Tell you something. And first thing I'll watch, Fubar. And then you'll watch Arnold. And I'll watch Arnold. Oh, before I go, Sly Stallone. I, I, I will no, not no, be, no, no, no. I will no. not be checking out the Stallone. What is that? What is he doing? Who does he think he is? I don't know. All right, I'm gonna go now. I, I, Arnold, I heard you popped up on. Uh, I think Arnold's in uh, the family Stallone. Fat paycheck, baby. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. All right, we're done. No more. No more. He's gone. I like the performance. I think it really works in this movie. I really do. Yeah. I think it really works in this movie. I think it's over the top, uh, in the right ways. I think he's dramatic in the right ways. Uh, yeah, I, I really. Every time he's on screen, I'm captivated. Yes. Like legitimately. I agree with you. 
The character is wild. Yes. Especially because, like, you know, I know, and I think at this point it had aired. Was it, uh, he's popularized with the uh, animated uh, series. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because, well, the animated series was 90, 1990 to 92 or something. Was it 94? Was it 94? No, it was 92. I remember this specifically. It was 92. The episode was called Heart of Ice. Yeah. And it sets up the origin of Mr. Freeze. They took a lot of inspiration from that episode for his character. Um, yeah, with the wife and stuff. But yep. very dramatic. Very dramatic. In, in the cartoon. In the cartoon. And here he has hockey henchmen. He <laughs> yes. lives in this giant ice palace. Ice palace, uh, yeah. Vivica A. Fox is his... Yes, I didn't put her Something? down. Something? Uh, not, you can't even say side piece because no. he's committed to his wife. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's committed to his but wife. But she's like, there and she's into she's it. There, and she's into there. She's, uh, uh, you know, throwing uh, herself at him and he's just not into it. He's like, I'm committed to my wife. Sorry. Look, when Arnold is leading Can we talk about a crew of I- uh, hockey henchmen, henchmen we know, we, I know to exactly. the... The ice. I'm Mr. Ice. Yeah. Snow Miser. Yeah. Snow Miser. I'm Mr. Snow Miser. Come on, sing along. And he's doing the louder, thing. louder, louder. And he's like doing the whole thing. Oh my god. Yes. And it's so funny that they were able to use. That. I mean, I imagine it's pretty. E- it was pretty easy to get the rights to use that because I don't think those are like expensive. Maybe WB owned it at the time. Who knows? But it was so funny to just see it in the movie and him trying to like lead a group of henchmen to sing it. Hilarious. And, and these guys are stuck in this cold. They're stuck and in this cold. They're all constantly the time. freezing. Yes. And he freezes them for no reason. But apparently Vivica A. Fox is fine. She's in a very skimpy outfit. She's not freezing. No. She's fine. Well, her, her, she's like, my hair is ice, but I don't care. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, she's like, I'm great. <laughs> but I love the commitment of he's really over the top when he's in the suit. And when he's like kind of at his lair, he's very like withdrawn, he can get over almost, the top, yeah. withdrawn. But then as soon as he starts talking about his wife or he goes into that chamber where he has her or he's watching the home videos... He suddenly just like goes into another mode, and you're like, "Oh, it's wow. so weird watching those home videos of just Arnold." <laughs> yes, in the video. Is, is it also weird when they do the flashback video of black and white, and he's a scientist, and he like <laughs> turns around and looks at the camera, and he's got the little glasses on, and he's got the lab coat, <laughs> and the scene where they show his transformation. Yeah. But the dubbing is so bad. It's so bad. It's so good. It's so good. But look, I think this is almost like beautifully over the top and beautifully centered at the same time. Again, this strikes the perfect balance. You can pull this out and put this in the 60s show. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's entertaining. And I will be completely honest with you. I think Mr. Freeze is one of his iconic characters. Yeah. I really do. Like, I walk away and I'm like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Um, The Terminator, obviously, is probably the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. And then I would say Mr. Freeze, and I go probably Mr. Freeze too. I don't really think there's anything else. Well, I guess Fubar, <laughs> Fubar. We'll throw that out there. Uh, well, obviously Conan. Obviously Conan. Yeah, and people then, love um, Miss Conan. Uh, not that it's really a character that he played, but Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I think Mr. Freeze is an iconic character for him, and I think people remember him from this movie, and it is just. Amazing to me to see, watch him in this. It, it, the, all, all the makeup he had to do was yeah. really extensive. 
I have a little thing about his contract too that we'll um, talk about. Do you have a, that uh, he's smoking? Um, they just painted cigars. Yep. That he's smoking, and if you think about the logistics of him smoking a cigar as Mister Freeze, hilarious. It's just like he can't. He shouldn't be allowed he shouldn't to. Be able to. He shouldn't be allowed to. But I also think. At really specific moments in this movie. Okay, uh, again, the home video stuff I mentioned, uh, the moments where he's with uh, Nora Freeze in the chamber, all of that. But also at the end of this movie, when he gets beaten by Batman, he falls onto the, the ice gun. That's they, they win, they overcome, they're melting Gotham and everything is coming back. That whole ending really works for me with him when yeah. he's like got the cra- the eyes are bloodshot and they're kind of like uh, clouded over he's more gray and he's more and blue, gray and yeah. blue and he, but he's kind of laying there and he's just like and Clooney's giving him this great monologue about like you know he's like you can save a life you can be the doctor you, you can that give, you are yeah you yeah. can give life and not take it and he's kind of just getting there and you're like this is really great this is a really really great scene and he opens his thing and he gives him the medicine and then he goes Take two of these and call me in the morning. And I'm like, what a way to cap this. What a way to cap this amazing monologue. It's so funny. And then when he shows up at the end. Okay. I think he's terrifying in that moment. When that ice suit comes on, when Poison Ivy's sitting there and she's picking the flower and she's clearly like dreams. Yeah. Does she love, aren't, is she in love with Mr. Freeze? I don't know if that's what it is or if she was just talking about Robin or Batman. I don't know. Or she just can't, like... Or maybe she can't function. But the fact that she has to kill his wife. Yes. Right? The fact that she just can't, like, handle... Right. ...other women being around. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know who that was aimed at, but I find that... But he... I think he's really terrifying that scene because she's saying that thing, and then the suit lights up, and you just kind of hear him in the background. He's like, he's like... He's like, uh, you know, uh, hello. And then the suit lights up. And then he kind of starts walking out. And he gives this really terrifying monologue about how he's going to make her life a living hell. And he has this f***ing great line. Like the last the last line he has in the movie. And I wrote it down because I love this line. I think it just is like A+. And the way he delivers it is A+. Prepare for a bitter harvest. Winter has come at last. And I'm like, that is... Really, like, yeah. he delivers that line so well, and it always, to me, has stood out, because I'm like, ooh, like, he really hates her. Like, yeah. he really, really hates her. And, uh, yeah, I just always really dug that. Yeah, I mean, so much that they let him have the suit you got to keep in the suit. Arkham. Yeah, you got to keep the suit in Arkham, and you got to continue his research. But, yeah, I think that's our cast. How do you yeah. feel? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, this is a big episode. We're going for it. Um, I got a synopsis for you, pal. I'm going to read it right now. I'm here. Uh, Synopsis. Batman and Robin find themselves facing off against Mr. Freeze, who wants to put Gotham City on ice. Uh, And Poison Ivy, who looks to drive a wedge between the dynamic duo, all while new recruit and Alfred's niece, Barbara Wilson, takes on the mantle of Batgirl. I'm in. And uh, Alfred's dying, too. That's (laughs) happening. McGregor Syndrome. (laughs) McGregor Syndrome. Stage one. Take two of these and call me in the morning. That's a Robin signal. Um, He couldn't. Arnold couldn't resist himself. <laughs> Can I resist himself? Uh, yeah, okay, so look, we t- we've kind of talked the story. It's yeah, a mess. We don't need to talk it's about it. It's a mess. It, it's a messy story. It is what it is. It happened. It's out there. We all know. Opinions. Have we really given look, our opinions I'm just going to say as this. Well? The movie is, it's big. Yeah. It's in your face. Yeah. 
we it's funny that we were comparing it to the 60s but it also kind of fits in what we were talking about with the 90s we always often reference about like just the 90s was in your face and yes gushers and and, you know whatever and (laughs) i like how whenever you talk about the 90s you immediately go to gushers and you go gushers like, I just remember those aggressive gushes. commercials and then even like the Capri Sun commercials with the kids turning into the liquid and shooting in the air and like <laughs> being shot out of the, yeah. the Capri Sun pouch. Um and just all this stuff like <laughs> this is what this is, right? It's yeah. it's neon and it's Yes. And it's it's a big, 90s commercial. And even the design of Gotham is just so like it's just so over the top yes. and everything. Yes. So it's it's they found this great blend mm-hmm. between the sixties and the nineties, but also almost in the worst way. And I just think, like, it's a big, kind of ugly, but almost beautiful, in-your-face movie that doesn't... It's a beautiful disaster. That doesn't stop yeah. to let you care about the characters. Mm-hmm. The fighting action in this movie is crap. Yeah, um, it's bad. It's I, bad. I liked some of, like, the chase scenes. I liked like, when they're going down on the statue or whatever. And That's I like I like that. I like the motorcycle fun. scene, too. Yeah. The motorcycle race, I think, is pretty is pretty cool. Yeah. I think, you know, but it, it, it's a fun movie. It's an entertaining as hell movie. It's a train wreck, man. You can't help but well, look away. That's, that's the thing. But the characters aren't realistic. Right. The performances aren't good, per se. They're good yeah. for what they're aiming for, but they're not... It's not dramatic. There's no. It's there's nothing of, there. It's kind of B movie acting. Yeah. Well, the, the the characters are hollow, right? Yeah. And when the characters are hollow, there's nothing to pull from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like Arnold is the one that gets the most probably dimension with the fleshing out of him just wanting mm-hmm. to help his wife, and even then they don't want to take time for that, right? right. That's told through. You only get small moments. That, yeah. That's told through um, not flashbacks, but but clippings of a video, right? Yeah. And and that's it, yeah. right? So they don't take time to tell the story. They don't. They don't want the audience to have a second to breathe in this movie. They yep. have to keep either an action scene or a comedic scene or a big in-your-face, you know, flashy scene. Yes. Right. This big. Even when they go to this party, right? This big jungle-themed party where the drums and the people running around as yeah. as like Tarzan people, and then Poison <laughs> Ivy's in the gorilla suit, and and she's stripping out, and of the she's suit. stripping, and, and and there's this music playing. And yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's it is so. There's constantly your senses are always overwhelmed, overwhelmed by everything going on on yep. the screen, and they don't give you a chance to. The movie doesn't. The world doesn't feel real. You yes. can't connect with these characters. Mm-hmm. It's so messy right it, it, it isn't and for that like it's not a good movie right it's not right but it's it's entertaining like I, I was never bored I wasn't really bored right because I, I'm just like what the hell is going on what was the intention here and I guess it, it, it's a cartoon they made a live action Saturday morning cartoon. And is maybe that was the intention. Maybe the intention was for it to be a Saturday morning cartoon. Maybe the intention was for it to be an homage to the 60s show. I don't know. But my opinion on this movie is every time I watch it, I'm overwhelmed. I have sensory overload. I kind of walk away from it and I'm like, this is an insane film. It's it's crazy that it even exists, right? It's crazy that this film even exists. I get very little out of it. Uh, like I said, the Alfred stuff works for me, and some of Mr. Freeze's stuff works for me, that emotional aspect. But I think the action sequences are really silly. I don't think uh, a lot of them aren't based in reality uh, whatsoever. The amount of times Batman or Robin just 
puts their arms out, and clearly they're oh. on like yeah. like strings, and they're just being uh, hoisted across like like physics don't matter. <laughs> it's well, you very strange. you made a point to me too in a text message, and I don't know if you're going to say this, and I don't want to take your opinion, but I noticed this too when I watched it is that. It, they they have to show you everything. Oh my God! Okay. In this yes, movie, yes, yes, they right? show you. Uh, let me. I'll hit that right now. They have to show you all the stupid little things in this movie, such as the bat grapple. How many shots do I need to see of the bat grapple attaching Every to whatever single surface? Time. It's like they hold up the grapple. He hits it. It shoots out, and then the next shot is grapple going into wall and catching, or going around um, going around an icicle, or getting caught. Like It's just like, I don't need to see this. Yeah. I just want to just... Let me believe that it caught something. Well, and that's the thing, like, too, is like... I need to know. Like, at, when all three of them at the end of the movie shoot it off, they, they have to show you all Each three. Each individual one and it's hitting. Like, I, I get the idea. I get the idea. I don't need to see it. Just... Let me believe it hit whatever surface and they got to where they need to get to. It's like, oh, well, they need to see every little detail so they know the the cause. The audience isn't going to understand that if he takes... Do it in the beginning. Establish, right? Boom. He fires the grappling gun. We see it latch onto something. If there's something to grab onto, it grabs onto it. If it has to go on a wall, it goes on a wall. That's how it works. That's all you need to know. That's all we need. Now, you don't need it every single time that happens again. Yes. And, And... Every single time it does it, and you're just like, that's the thing. You don't have faith in your audience. Right. We talked about this. Audiences can be stupid, but I think they understand how a grappling gun works. Yes. And I think in later, once we move into these better films that we have coming up in later weeks, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. We're not seeing the back grapple attaching everything. It doesn't need to, we don't need to see it. We can just believe uh, Batman made the shot. Or yeah. Robin, like we don't need that anymore. It's like so. um, it's like EMPs. Yeah, in movies, every time I don't know if you ever notice this, uh, every time an EMP is mm-hmm. used in a movie, if you know you know what an EMP is, electric magnetic pulse or whatever, every time an EMP is used in a movie, they have to stop the movie. Yep. For them to be like, this is an EMP. It's electric magnetic pulse. And every and everything within the radius of this is going to go down every yes. time this EMP. Yes. If you there, especially in like the 2010s. There is a thing where almost every movie, they stop the movie because there's an EMP and they have to tell you what an EMP is. They have to explain is. it to you. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but yeah, I think that's my opinion is really is just, it's over the top. It's insane. It's crazy this exists. It is not my favorite movie by any means, but I actually really agree with you in the sense that I think this is a beautiful disaster. Yeah. And probably Schumacher's magnum opus creatively. Yeah. In a way, um, and that's the thing is that people are like oh because you think it's good. No, it's not. It's not good. I don't even think it's good. It's not I, good. But I can still look at it and say this is kind of a beautiful I, disaster. I think, it, I think it's. Good. I think it's a wonderful act of filmmaking that the design, like like the production design, is out of this what world. Yeah, they made. Yeah, and what they did, like it's nuts. It's splash. I mean, it is like. Splashing off the and screen. It's, it's when obnoxious. You watch it. It's kind of ugly. It's in your face. It's in your face. Yeah. But it's like, what is going on? <laughs> it's like, crazy. It's crazy. And and I'll say this too, just because uh, I made a comment about you know the Avengers, obviously looking cheap and like the background yes. stuff. Obviously that's here too, but yes. it fits in this world better than it does in it the Avengers fits for the movie. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. Before there's no we, sense of realism in this movie. There's no realism. Everything is ridiculous. It's surreal, if anything. Yeah. Before we move on, star ratings. What would what, you give this? I, one and a half. 
I think I'm going to bump it half a star too. I gave it one, but I think I'm going to bump it to a star and a half. And I'm going to do this solely because of this conversation. Um, because I think we've had some really, really interesting discussions I, here. I, and I, I wasn't really, bored. I, I wasn't, really was entertained. I, I will say that about this movie too. I don't walk away. I'm not bored when I watch it. You are entertained by it. It's not good. It's a mess. It's insane. But I just keep coming back to that phrase, beautiful disaster. Yeah. It's what it is. Like I said, you don't accidentally make this movie. It's completely on purpose. Um, uniqueness. What stands out to you? The whole movie. The whole movie. The right? whole movie. It's, this is the easiest answer of all time. It's the entire movie. It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Does this break anything new? The whole movie. The whole movie. It won't. <laughs> uh, just to be specific, though, new Batman. Yeah. We get another new Batman. This is the third uh, new Batman. This flamboyant over the top. Flamboyant over the top. Nature of this world, right? Yep. And, and that's the thing, too. I will give a credit. Is they make it clear from the beginning that this isn't a realistic world. Not at all. Right? This opens up with them with crotch shots and butt shots and, you know what I mean? And just highlighting. How ridiculous everything is. Yes, it's insane. Well, what's the best scene to you? I mean, anytime Arnold's on screen. Anytime Arnold's anytime on screen, Arnold, okay. I don't know if I, I mean, think if I can... What's Any of the Alfred stuff? I did like that. I kind of like when Batgirl comes into the Batcave. And That's pretty cool. And we get, like, robot, Bat, robot Alfred or yeah. AI Alfred. AI. I'm transmitting my brain waves over to this. <laughs> That's a rabbit signal. Okay. Yeah, suspend your disbelief. I also like when Barbara opens the computer, figures it out, like opens the thing, it starts putting all the Batman stuff, and then on her face... Is the logo? The, the logo? The movie logo? The movie logo on her face? I'm like, that it's is... The, it's literally the introduction to the movie? It's insanely funny, though, and I'm like, that is so good. Um, but my favorite scene... I'm just, I, you know what? I'm just going to... Because I don't really care. I'm going to go with the, the very end, Arnold's final scene, uh, when he walks in on Poison Ivy, and he, like I was saying, that great line delivery. That whole scene really works for me. My my actual scene, I'm going to go with... I like the opening of the movie, but um, I like both action sequences with Freeze. Yeah. But I like the... I guess the... Is it, is it, it's not the opening of the movie, I don't think. The car chase, where he stops the motorbike. That's not the opening of the movie, right? There'll be movies when Robin gets frozen. Robin gets frozen? Yeah. The car, are you talking about later when well, the city's frozen over? they're down the statue. Over? Oh, okay. In like, yeah, the middle of the movie. That's or, the middle of yeah. the movie. Yeah, they're chasing him and... And the car, yep. and he and then, and then he freezes the Batmobile. Yes. And, yeah, that's I, I after like, the introduction of Poison Ivy at the party. I like that scene. Yes. That's uh, a good I, I scene. That's a good scene. Um, I also like after their... Because uh, I, I, I don't really highlight this enough, but at the end of the movie, when they're thawing the city out, and everything's going back to normal... And uh, uh, Batman looks out. Clooney's Batman looks out and he goes, it's going to be a beautiful day. Love it. Love it. I'm going to do it. thing, too, I want to say, uh, the people in this movie, yeah. and, and both these Schumacher movies, the civilians, they're not even people. They're not even people. Right? Like, we talk about the guy in the safe in Forever. That's acid! <laughs> and, then, and then we have the doctors <laughs> here where Batman's trying to, uh, you know, fight Freeze or whatever, and they're yeah. hanging on. Yeah. Are you okay? Yes! It's so over the top and silly. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Connectivity. Uh, how does this fit in with the franchise? It doesn't. It doesn't, right? It's, it's complete. Well, it's the It's only Chris way- O'Donnell. It's Michael Gow. It's Pat Hingle. Yeah. And that's really. It's show Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. And that's really it. But it, it is a completely different tone. Yeah. It, 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 it probably has more in common with the 60s show than Well, that's like you said. Forever is a good bridge between the darker tone elements of the Burton movies yeah. 
and what we're going to get in Batman or Robin. Yeah. So it does tie into like elements of Batman Forever. Yes. They do connect well-ish. Yes. To what he is... St- the more over-the-top, in-your-face elements of Batman Forever right. connect to this entire movie in Batman and Robin. Right. So that's all I'll say that. Cool. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, <laughs> is this a worthy continuation of the franchise? No. Not in any no. way, shape, or form. I do not think so either. Um, all right. Well, before we jump into the future of the franchise, I have some casting and I have some fun facts. Uh, so let's move through it. Uh, casting. No, I was, I was, I was just going to say too. I think it's funny. Okay. Because this is a low score on this movie, and, yes. and we clearly don't like this movie. No. But like, look at the other movies that we hated, right? Like Leprechaun yeah. Origins, Pitch Perfect Three, mm-hmm. movies that made us angry. Shrek, Shrek the Third, Boo, Home Alone Four, Burn in Hell, and we're like laughing and like we're entertained. Uh, by that's the that's the thing is like, the it's thing. a bad movie, but it's not like make you angry. It, bad. I'm not like, angry when I walk away from this movie. I completely agree with you. I still kind of I walk away and I'm like, man, I am a little entertained. It, there's a goodness, not not good. There's a goodness, yes, to the movie that you're just like. Yeah, like I think, like I think they had all had good intentions. I agree with you. And it's like, I don't think, like, and also because with they, if they didn't do this movie, we would have continued to get these middling movies like Batman Forever or Batman Returns. Yes. Um, which I know people think Batman Returns is a masterpiece, but like we would have gotten movies like like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin into the two thousands and the two thousand tens. Agree. Probably. Yeah. And it's because of Batman and Robin okay, that yeah. we get what we got. Agreed. All right. I'm going <coughs> to jump into cast. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're okay. Uh, casting. All right. Uh, Val Kilmer decided not to reprise his role as Batman as he was committed to the film The Saint. Uh, he also stated that he was unaware that the film was fast-tracked. Uh, Schumacher stated that uh, he sort of quit and we sort of fired him. <laughs> uh, Schumacher did not want to work with Kilmer again after his experience with him on Batman Forever and asked WB for a new actor to portray the character. Um, everybody kind of knew that, though, because we kind of yeah. talked about that last week about how they clashed a lot on yeah. set. So I'm yeah. not surprised that Schumacher was like, ah, let's get somebody else. Actors who were considered. William Baldwin was again yeah. considered, as well as David Duchovny, who joked uh, he wasn't chosen because of the size of his nose. Yeah. How about that? Um, and I know you had made a reference to the company yes. a while ago uh, in The Incredible Hulk. Yep. This will not be the last time I mentioned Duchovny's name. Oh, wow. Up for, up for Batman. Clooney's casting was suggested by WB executive Bob Daly. And after Schumacher saw uh, Clooney's performance in From Dusk Till Dawn, he offered him the role. Have you seen that movie? I'm not it's seen It's a good movie. I, it want is, to, it no, is, I want to see it. It is a very good movie. I really like it, and I like Clooney's performance. And I think it's one of those singular things that... We haven't seen him do it since. It's yeah. very cool. Schumacher stated that Clooney brought a real humanity and humor to the piece and accessibility that I don't think anybody else has been able to offer. Uh, and that he strongly resembled the character from the comics. I agree with that. He does do look too. like Bruce Wayne. He feels like Bruce Wayne. And he does bring humanity and humor to the role yeah. at the end of the day. He does do that. That man credit card. Yeah. For Mr. Freeze, actors considered were Ed Harris, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, mm. and Patrick Stewart. Mm. How about those? How Patrick about that? Stewart as a serious Doctor Freeze or whatever Mister yeah. Freeze would be very effective. Yes. Like more along the lines of the animated cartoon. Yeah, I think that would really. Work. I think that would work too. Uh, Schumacher denied that Stewart was ever considered, Aww. but I feel like he was. Probably by example. Let's say he was. Yeah, we'll say he was. Uh, Schwarzenegger was cast. 
because Schumacher was looking for an actor big and strong, like he was chiseled out of a glacier. Uh, that's Arnold. That's me, baby. Chiseled out of the glacier. I got the ice abs, baby. I heard you were on as ripped as Linda, though, on uh, Terminator 2. Oh, my two. God. Linda was so ripped. God, she was ripped. She's coming back for Stranger Things 5. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and she's going to get ripped, trust me. Are we going to get an Arnold cameo in Stranger Things 5? No, I got to do season 2 of FUBA. <laughs> I'm busy. The script was rewritten to accommodate Schwarzenegger's casting. Uh, for Poison Ivy, actors considered were Demi Moore, mm-hmm. Sharon Stone, and Julia Roberts. Uh, yeah. There's a thing there where I'm like, Sharon Stone would be interesting. I think she could have done it. I think Julia Roberts would have been cool, too. Well, Julia Roberts with Clooney. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I'm like, oh, that's chemistry is real, man. You seen Ticket to Paradise? Not yet. Uh, you gotta watch Ticket to Paradise. That's a good movie. <laughs> uh, it's a fun one. Uh, Schumacher became aware of Uma Thurman after seeing the film The Adventures of Baron Manchosen. I probably pronounced that wrong. And was offered the role. <laughs> she accepted because she liked the femme fatale characterization of the character. So there you go. Alicia Silverstone was the only choice for Batgirl. It makes sense. Did not want anybody else. Makes sense. Um, so I do not have, or maybe I do later. In the casting here, though, I don't have the Coolio stuff. Um, what okay, are you going to so, say about so that? What, so basically what it is is Coolio said that he, he agreed to do the cameo. Yes. If he has to return in the next movie as the Scarecrow. Right. So I don't think in this movie he is credited as Jonathan Crane. Right. Like you said, he's credited as Banker. And they say, she says, oh, Banker. Like, and I don't think that that's why they don't give him a name. But even if you look at his outfit, it is kind of Scarecrow-ish-y. It is a like, little like Instead of like, hey, it's like neon right. lights or whatever. Yes. But he... He said he would do the movie, the little cameo, for, you know, Schumacher said, okay, well, if we do Batman 5 or right. my third one, you'll be Scarecrow. You'll be Scarecrow. So, That's exactly it. So he was going to be Scarecrow. Never came to fruition. But he technically is not in this movie. Right. They would have retroactively made his character Scarecrow. Makes sense. All right, I'm going to move on to other fun facts then. After the box office success of Batman Forever... WB fast-tracked the sequel for a June 1997 release window. Because remember, they wanted to usually do three. three. And then it's this goes two. down to two. Um, which broke from previous installments having three-year gaps in between them. Uh, Schumacher wanted the film to pay homage to both the broad camp style of the 60s TV series and the Dick Sprang era of Batman comics. Dick Sprang, his version of the comics was kind of like, you know, like the giant quarter for Two Face or the giant Joker card, that was him. So co- he so did all kind that of like kind of big. Like they were like Batman, Robin, and Joker would be down here, and there'd be this giant Joker card behind him. That was his thing. He did that a lot. Portions of Mister Freeze's backstory were based on the Batman animated series episode Heart of Ice, written by Paul Dini, which we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Goldsman expressed concern about the script during pre-production. I wonder why. Um, Schumacher was given a mandate by WB to make the film more toyetic, as we've talked about, with toy companies being involved in pre-production meetings. That's, Isn't that insane to yeah, hear? That's not like, that's how much they wanted, like, pro- like literally toy companies were sitting in on the making of a movie. Well, that's the thing, like, that's why, like, there's the Batmobile, yep. that's why there's the... Robin has a, a, a bat cycle or whatever, yep. Robin cycle, and then he's got a different... That's why there's that shot of all three of them driving down the, the ice thing, because it's like... Vehicles, yep. ice vehicles, It's or like whatever. a toy commercial. Yeah. It's insane. One looks like a Zamboni, basically. Yeah. Mr. Freeze's And blast. it freezes a car? Yes. Yeah. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, but I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, no, like, yeah, everything. it's clearly, like, just trying to, yeah. Yeah, you ready for this one? Mr. Freeze's blaster was specifically designed by toy manufacturers. Oh, God. I know, I know, I know, it's insane, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, <laughs> I blame Lucas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you can blame this guy. Bob Kane acted as a creative consultant and was heavily involved in the production, giving input on the film's script as well as on set. So he was there through all of this, and he okayed it. So you better not have complained well, about it. Well, too bad uh, Bill Finger wasn't there as well. He probably rolled around in his grave after Aww. this. Yeah, poor Bill Finger. Uh, Mr. Freeze's costume cost $1.5 million to develop and make. Jesus. Uh, Schwarzenegger wore a bald cap because he refused to shave his head. Makes sense. Yeah, I did do that. I did the hair baby. I love it. Schwarzenegger's costume took six hours to apply each day, which significantly (laughs) which significantly restricted his shooting time as his contract was limited to twelve work hours a day. So six of those hours is in makeup. Is in makeup, and the other six was quickly trying to get shot. Does that include also having to take the makeup off? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it does, but or maybe it does. But like, so they get like actually, three hours it, of shooting actually, time. It probably was. Yeah, it was probably like because it, it's it's always easier to take off than to put on. Yeah, but even then, it still probably takes. It probably still takes a few hours, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's taking six hours to take off. No, but that's like three, four hours of shooting time. Basically. Still, still, he's not. Yeah, he's not getting a lot of shooting time in. Um, Schwarzenegger was paid twenty five million dollars for the role. Yeah, he made bank on this. Uh, Batman and Robin started production in September 1996 and finished. This kind of blew me away, actually. In January of '97, they finished early. It's didn't quick. They? Yeah, that's a quick shoot. Yeah, for th- as big as this movie is, that's a quick. Well, they were they they were they finished even they ahead finished of schedule. Early, yeah, two weeks ahead of schedule. Jesus, insane. Uh, Clooney was able to simultaneously work on ER without any scheduling conflicts. Good for Isn't him. that crazy? It's yeah, cool. it's kind of neat. Uh, O'Donnell said that despite spending a lot of time with Schwarzenegger offset during promotion of the film, mm-hmm. they didn't work a single day together during production, as stand-ins were used for all of his scenes with Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Never met him. Never got to hang out with him on set. Only got but to hang out with him. But he did afterwards. He did afterwards. good. But it's kind of crazy, isn't it? That's like, weird. He shot this entire movie and not once got to do a scene with him. That's nuts. Uh, stunt coordinator Alex Field taught Silverstone how to ride a motorcycle so she could play Batgirl. Pretty cool. Makes sense. Um, filming was temporarily halted in fall of 1996 when Mr. Freeze's blaster disappeared from set. This seems to be a recurring thing <laughs> of like Somebody's props stealing stuff or uh, film reels going stolen being stolen. It's kind of it's kind of nuts. Um, but it kind of also is like a testament to how popular these movies were and how badly people wanted to know what was going on. Yeah, a police investigation was opened and it culminated in a raid of a film memorabilia collector's home where it was mm. found. That's nuts. Uh, high public interest in the film caused security issues on set, with paparazzi regularly disrupting the set. Photographs of Schwarzenegger in costume during filming sold for $10,000. Jesus. I know. O'Donnell compared work on Batman Forever to this film by stating, Things felt much sharper and more focused on Forever, and it just felt like everything got a little softer with this one. The first one, I felt I was making a movie. The second one, I felt like I was making a toy commercial. Yeah, that uh, makes I sense. I wonder why he felt that. Because it was a toy commercial. As it was. I had those toys and they were cool. They were cool toys. <laughs> he also stated his Robin costume was not as comfortable as the one he wore in Batman Forever, saying the glued-on mask would cause sweat pool, sweat to pool on his face. So, there you go. 
John Glover, who played Dr. Jason Woodrow, said Schumacher would sit on a crane with a megaphone yep. and yell before each take, Remember, everyone, this is a cartoon. It was hard to act because that kind of set the tone for the film. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes I sense. Get it. Many stunt doubles were used for Batman, Robin, and Mr. Freeze. Some specialized in ice skating, aerial gymnastics, and driving. They all had to do something. Uh, Barbara Ling, production designer, stated her influence for the design of Gotham came from neon-ridden Tokyo and the Machine Age. I don't know why. Uh, Gotham is like the World's Fair on ecstasy. That's what she said. Although... (laughs) just gonna blow through these although miniatures and computer generated elements were used for some scenes large full-scale sets were constructed including gotham city covered in ice which you kind of need to do uh for scenes with people frozen in ice life-size mannequins covered in fake ice were created this is just a fun little thing the fake ice is con- is a combination of fiber resins that's how they make it. Sounds cool. good. Yeah. I like little movie things like that. <laughs> uh, most of the scenes with Batgirl were cut because Silverstone uh, had put on uh, a few pounds during production oh and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. Press was unforgiving to Silverstone, mocking her weight gain. Schumacher publicly defended her during interviews and press meetings, lashing out at reporters who mocked her. He stated in a later interview, it was horrible. I thought it was very cruel. She was a teenager who had gained a few pounds, like all of us do at certain times. I would confront female journalists and I'd say, with so many young people suffering from anorexia and bulimia, why are you crucifying this girl? I gotta give him his props. I do too. He stood up for her and he was like, you you gotta stop. That's the thing. I I hate that because all these people who played Batman at this point, you know, uh, Keaton Mm -hmm. and Kilmer and Clooney and even O'Donnell as Robin, they're not in the best shape. They're not in the best Clooney's shape. Clooney doesn't have any muscles here. He he doesn't... This has got to be one of the few times that we don't see a shirtless Bruce Wayne. He's like He's not out of... He's not, like, out of shape. Yeah. But he's not, like, fit. Like, he's not super fit. No. no. Like, and, and it just... it's That's stupid that they're going to jump on her. And also, those suits are so tight. I mean, I, like, I, I, I didn't wear anything like that, but, like... I wore a homemade Batman 66 outfit. I looked like I was pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> in that thing. Because, right. like, like, and that was, it was almost was freaking, like, sweatpants and, and, a, and a shirt. Right. But the way that, the, the, this, with all the accessories and stuff, that, that, that it's made to make you look horrible. Yes. Like, it's awful. I know. I know, man. Uh, not good. Uh, Schumacher, <laughs> Schumacher blamed the studio pressure to make the film more toyetic as the reason for the film's poor reception and box office. Uh, in a making of documentary on the DVD, he apologized to disappointed fans. George Clooney has been known to refund people who saw the film. We talked about that, which is very funny to me. Yeah. Uh, after the, re- the release of this film and the poor reception it received, Schumacher tried to convince WB to let him make another Batman film, taking it back to its darker roots. He wanted to make a Batman Year One movie with Kurt Russell as a young James Gordon and Selena Kyle. I don't love this phrasing. As a young, beautiful African-American woman living in the ghetto, I don't love that. <laughs> I understand what I understand he's going what he's for. To say, but it, I don't love that it, it's phrasing. A good, it's, a, it's a better vision than what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, George Clooney has called the film the biggest waste of money and the biggest break I ever had. That is true. Look, uh, I'll say this about Schumacher, too. So he seems like he's a, a good guy. He seems like a good guy. Yeah, yeah he does. 
Um, when filming was over, Clooney quipped, I think we just killed the series. They did for a while. They did for a while. Mr. Freeze says 27 ice puns throughout the movie. Yes, he does. Can you name them all? No, don't. You've been doing them. Uh, Uma Thurman felt the campy and farcical tone of the tone fit the movie. She enjoyed the creative license she was given in regards to her character and credits the, credits the film as less of a career killer and more of her first real experience with a high-budget Hollywood blockbuster. So she did enjoy it, yeah. like we were kind of talking about, which kind of blew me away a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Good for her. Uh, two extras were arrested and fired after attempting to sell secretly shot footage. Good. Yeah. Uh, during shooting, Clooney visited his friends on the set of ER in full costume. <laughs> that's fun. That's, that's, I, that, cool. that's a good day. That's, that's cool. a good day. When you're just kind of hanging out and then Clooney walks in with the Batman guy, I'm in. This is the second Batman movie where the actor playing the villain is billed over the actor playing Batman. Yep. The first Batman movie not to be the highest grossing movie of the summer in which it was released. Uh, this is the only film in the original Batman series which Tim Burton had no involvement. We know that, though. Yep. Uh, when Clooney accepted the role of Batman, he immediately called his cousin Miguel Ferrer. Ferrer is a Batman fan whose father, Jose Ferrer, was the first actor offered the role of the Joker for the 1966 TV series. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah, a little fun thing there. Batman limps visibly inside the freeze rocket. Uh, during filming, Clooney injured his lower leg playing basketball. He's an avid player. Voted number one in Empire Magazine's 50 Worst Movies Ever in February 2010. Uh, yeah. No. You don't know? You don't think no, so? No, no, I don't think I don't agree with that. Okay. It's on, it's on the list. It's not number one. Makes sense. Uh, Batman and Robin received 11 Golden Raspberry nominations. Jesus. With the only win being Worst Supporting Actress for Alicia Silverstone. Oh, come That's on. so... That's so mean. That's so mean. Um, and that's all I have for fun facts. I don't have anything else, and I'm okay with that. Um, so let's just move to the future of the franchise. Should there have been a sequel to this? There should have been another Batman movie. There should not have been a sequel to this. Although I wouldn't have minded. We can't do it now because Schumacher's not sure. here. Kind of in a similar vein. I know you kind of watched those Adam West animated cartoon yeah. movies. I just watched both yeah. of them recently. I, I like them. I, really I wouldn't like them. have been mad if they somehow made like a sequel like with Clooney and O'Donnell I really think an animated sequel could do this some justice I really do I agree with you there I actually agree with you very much there what do you want to see in the future we gotta go back we gotta go back to darker more dramatic yes Um, they really need to take their time telling this story yes well you're in for some good news in the coming weeks my friend we gotta come your way Um, what franchise star would you add to this franchise Sylvester Stallone Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you this week because I think that's really funny. I <laughs> think that's really I, but funny. But I, I want Stallone in a movie with Arnold. If I'm oh, gonna... God. Yeah, just him back as Victor Freeze and like Stallone's like, I don't know, who can Stallone play? Is there like a heat? Is there like a heat? You know what he would do? He'd be a great killer croc. There you go. Uh, Mr. Freeze, I do, right? Or Bane. As we were doing, mm. as we were doing previously, <laughs> I was born to darkness. I was born to darkness. I was born to darkness. Hey, on the streets of Philadelphia. Uh, streets of Philadelphia down here. Um, <laughs> Check out the family Stallone. Check out the family Stallone. I got a new Netflix documentary called Sly. All right, let's rank the films. Let's get this done. Okay. So we now have six. Five. Five. We have something. It's late. We have... <laughs> that's a great excuse, isn't it? We have five films, so let's rank them. My friend, what's number five? Batman 1989. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Awful. 
It's a Batman and Robin. I agree with you. It is Batman and Robin at the end of the day. It has to be. Uh, which would make number four. I was entertained by this movie more Agreed. than I was 66. Agreed. But 66 is a better movie. So number it's four is movie. Batman the movie, 1966. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Number four, Batman 66. Number three. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Agreed. Number two. Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Agreed. That's and controversial as hell. I know it's controversial, but I think we're right. And number one. Batman 1989. Batman 1989. It's going to be really fascinating over the next few weeks because we're going to get, we're really going into the good oh, stuff yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of the point where we're like, okay, we're now going to be heading into the good stuff. And all of these. It's Batman almost all good, except for. It's almost all good. One. One that we have a double episode. We have a double movie episode. We have a double movie episode, and, and one, one of those, those is, movies is bad. Yeah, really bad. Look, it actually, could potentially take the final, the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it could. Yeah, I think really, it might. I think it might too. Um, real quick, <laughs> yeah. too. I'll say this uh, because this is the first time that we've. I'm not going to include 66. Sure. Um, and it's easy, but like this is the first time that you know we talked about like subsections of a franchise inside right. this brand. Right. So we've completed the. First of these. Yes. These four movies, these Burton Schumacher movies. Yes. So I kind of want to sub-rank those movies in this as well. I mean, it's literally just take out the 66. So okay. it, it would be sure. it'd be Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Batman, uh, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and yes. Batman 1989. Agreed. But I just yeah. want to kind of keep track of that as well. There you go. Cool. Yeah, and I guess it's a good opportunity just to say quickly that we'll be doing Mask of the Phantasm next week. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say that, obviously, at the end here, but I want to mention that we are going to kind of yeah. have a break from the live-action stuff. Well, that's the thing, too, is we always go... We kind of view it as separators. Well, we always go and release date. This yes. is the first time we're not doing that because I thought it, it was it my suggestion. Weird. It would have been weird to... Do Batman 89, Batman yeah. Returns. And then Mask of the Phantasm. And, and then, then the Schumacher yeah. stuff. It, it, when all of this is supposed to be a connected world. Yeah. I agree with Same you. Same thing with like why we're not doing Catwoman like in between... It wouldn't like, make sense. Yeah, in between, Mask of, in between this, yes. uh, Batman and Robin, and uh, Batman Begins, because yes. that's where I think... Just Catwoman's what, like 2003-ish or something? Yeah, three, two. Something like that. Something um, like that. But that's things. why I think, like, I think, like, oh, we have two villain movies, so let's do two villain movies together. Yes. And save us a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And one of those movies does not deserve its own week. So no, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to do that. So very quickly then, Ryan, give me some closing comments on Batman and Robin. Look, man, we owe Batman and Robin because, um, and actually I'm surprised you don't have this in your fun facts. Because this movie has been used by example, as example, by Kevin Feige publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And said, Batman and Robin is the most important superhero movie of all time. Yeah. Because the failure, the huge failure of Batman and Robin showed that they need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because of Batman and Robin mm-hmm. that we see comic book movies start to take a swing, right? Right. We get Blade. We get X-Men. Mm-hmm. Starting to get more dramatic. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, more dramatic. Fantastic Four runs the Silver Server. You know, man, people are gonna, people are going to crap on the Fantastic Four stuff, but I have to say, the first fun. two, they're they're, fun. they're fun, and they took a swing with those movies, didn't they? Technically, but it, it because of the failure of Batman and Robin, a new that that we talked about those doors opening yes. and closing in comic book, in yeah. comic book genre, the comic book movie genre, this slammed the door shut. Yeah, so much that a new door had to open. Yeah. 100%. So that it's important. Like, yeah. it's a bad movie, but I'm grateful for it. Yeah. 
yeah, look, I think this movie, you're right, it is an important movie in the sense of it forced superhero comic book films to change. And that's probably the biggest silver lining and the biggest plus this movie has given us. The movie itself, it's it, we've said it over and over. It's bad. It's a mess. It's insane that it exists. But in a way, the silver lining to all of this is we got better comic book movies. And I know for me, I'm really excited for where we're going into now. Because I think this new stuff we're going to go into is stuff that all these movies coming up are movies that you and I are very familiar with yep. and have seen quite a few times. And I think we're really excited to get into um, obviously, we kind of have the animated thing with Mask of Phantasm. I know I've seen that movie a couple That's times. That's the one I'm familiar with the least. I've seen it. I'm excited for I think you to I've watch seen it. it. I've yes. seen it. I've only seen it once, I think. Yes. I've seen it. I'm excited for you but, to revisit yeah. it. Um, I've seen it quite a few times. I really like it, and I'm excited to do that next week. But I'm really, ex- really excited to start getting into the Nolan trilogy and really breaking those down because yeah. I think those are going to be big episodes too. Yeah. But uh, that's going to be a good time. But also, I guess now that we're in our closing comments, let me say this quick. 100th episode, my friend. It is. It's coming up. Yep. That's next week. Our 100th yep. episode is next week. I can't believe and it. And we we've been doing this for 100 I episodes. Know, 100 episodes. And we're going to have a little special thing. We're going to do Mask of the Phantasm on its own. On its own. Normal episode. But we're going to have a little bonus episode yep. on the side where... You have prepared some information for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so I did a lot of research, um, and it's basically just a break, complete breakdown uh-huh. of the 100 movies. Yes. Or, well, technically not 100 movies. It's technically like 80-something, yes. I think, because there's a retrospective in each yes. thing. 100, still, 100 years, 100 movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's the 100 episodes broken down. Um, every movie that we've done in this 100 episode, uh-huh. I've gone through... I've written down, I've split it by Rotten Tomato score, critics, and audiences. I've written down every fresh movie we've done by critics, every rotten movie yeah. we've done by critics, every fresh movie we've done by audience, every rotten movie we've done by audience, and I have a critics ranked yes. from the highest to the lowest. Because we, we hear these numbers all the time. It's hard to kind of piece together where they all fit, and I, yeah. I always like to kind of see, like, who's talking about Rotten Tomatoes, and everybody views Rotten Tomatoes as an important tool, even though we kind of look at it as, like, it's... It's not important. No, it's not yeah. that important. It's, it's kind of wild how yeah. certain things get ranked, yes. so I kind of want to look at these movies and be mm-hmm. like, wow, this is this score, and right. this is this score, and, right. like, it's pretty wild how some of these movies get ranked. So right. I wanted to really throw that out there and piece it together as a way to celebrate... The 100th, um, you know, episode. Yeah. As well as um, I've I have we've been introducing as we've gone through these franchises more too. Kind of the how much these franchises have made yeah. um, financially, like through the box office. So I have um, that as well. The franchises that we've completed, Batman is not included because we are only partially doing Batman. We're only half about halfway through Batman. By the time we do this, I'm not including Batman. Right. Up until Mask of the Phantasm is included in my Rotten Tomato scores. Right. But not box office. But Makes I have a box office by franchises ranked. Um, and if you think about it, it's pretty easy to figure out what's the number one, what's the number one, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's last. Yeah. But I thought that was a fun to kind of break down the information. So we'll be doing a bonus episode where we break that down as well. Yes. I think we're also tossing around the we, idea. Oh, we have. We have I think yeah. we're tossing around the idea of... Uh, Fast X might be coming. I think it's time. I think it's time uh, to. People have been asking us. People have been asking us. I think we've been tossing it around a little bit. I think, I, think, sh- uh, I think we should do it. I don't know about you. Every time I walk down the street, yeah. people are like, 
Where's Fast X? Oh, dude, I'm hounded by people like, doing that to you, me. You did one through nine? Yeah. Where's Fast X? Where's Fast X? I know. Fast X? I know. One uh, of us has seen the movie. I know. And one of us is not. I I have said for the hundredth episode, I will watch it. I will rent the movie and I will watch it. And it, it. wasn't you weren't um, look, the, the movie look, came and I, went out the of theaters movie, pretty it, quickly. It, it was in and out really quickly. Um it 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 kind of shocked me, honestly, because I know like, you know, you and I have talked a lot about how this is kind of the franchise that could and I was honestly completely convinced this was gonna make a billion dollars. Yeah. I really did. And it didn't. And that kind of blew me away, and I was like, I really thought it was going it to. It did better than people I, say okay, it did. It did better internationally. Domestically, it did not perform no. well, which is, we have to remember that. It did not perform well domestically, which yep. was shocking to me. That was what was shocking to me. Yep. Um, because I was very convinced there was a like foothold audience in America yeah, yeah. that really loved these movies, and it didn't really happen. But I think for the 100th episode, we're going to go back to the beginning in a way, because this whole podcast started with Fast and uh, Furious. Yep. We have a new Fast movie, yep. and we haven't done it yet. Yeah, and it'll be the so, first time that we revisit or reopen. We're going to revisit and reopen a franchise. A franchise. And I think uh, for the 100th episode, uh, Spectacular, I guess. The bonus to The bonus. Technically, it's well, not it's the not 100th episode. Bonus. But it's I a, guess it's not. It shouldn't well, be a bonus, it'll, it? it'll be. I guess it'll be episode 101, but it's in celebration of the 100th episode. True. And we'll do Fast X. We'll toss it around, and we'll knock out Fast X, and we'll reopen... Uh, our rankings, and we'll knock Hobbs and Shaw down the last. Okay, <laughs> closing comments. I'm gonna. Look, this. I'm really. I'm. I'm, excited. I'm really excited to do the movie. Uh, I'm really excited for us to get back into it because um, I don't know. I don't know if you and, and I don't want to. I know it's not Fast X, and but yeah. I don't know if your feelings have changed on those movies at all. If you're if there's less enthusiasm about that franchise anymore, or, I'm not really sure how you're still feeling. I mean, I still. I revisited the whole thing, building up the Fast X. <laughs> so I, I have not, I have not. No, and I don't every, expect you to. I haven't watched every one leading up. Look, man, I didn't watch every one, but I watched a lot of them. We're kind of in my realm right now with Batman, and I'm just enjoying these because I've wanted to do these for so long. But I just mean in general, like, because it's been almost two years. I still really love the franchise. Yeah. Okay, good, I do. Yeah. I really love the franchise. I, I do really enjoy it. We've done so many franchises, though, that it's like, it's not always just, like, there for me. I'm no, not always no, like, no. oh my god, Fast and Furious. Like, I do... And it's not it's not did, number we did, one. We did Harry Potter. Yeah. I love those movies. So it's yeah. like, it's tough to, like, look at that. And we're doing kind of uh, fr- a brand I like now. What but I, what I, I like about it. it is that it's not, it's not one of those big... It's not a Harry Potter or, yes. or a Marvel or a DC. Yeah. It was different. It's different. Um, Wait, let's okay. bring it home. I'm going to close the garage door now. <laughs> um, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tony and thanks to everyone for their support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. Just search Franchise Me. One word. Send us an email at FranchiseMePod gmail.com. Leave us a rating or review on a podcast. Leave us your feedback so we can get better each week. Also, check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises. Check out our website.